Cheerio! And welcome to our third edition of Flicks and a Whisk, the classier and more refined cousin of Flicks and a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Alessandro Biolsi. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the father, Anthony Costanzo. Say hello, chap. Chum, I'm sure. On this week's episode, we'll be incorrectly predicting this year's Oscar winners. But first, what are we drinking? So much. <laughs> first, there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> you, uh, first off, the thing that surprised me the most, this is only the third one? Well, we missed last year, for sure. Mm. I guess I, I guess in my head, I'm also factoring in all of the times that we've talked about the Oscars. <laughs> sure. Uh, I, well, I went back, I scrolled back through my notes during, earlier this week. Because I was pretty sure we had missed last year. So l- mm. the last one I could find was the second annual edition because we did two years consecutively. But I, we cause remember we started the show right around Oscars time that year. Yeah. So we didn't do an Oscars then. We didn't do it until at least one year into the show. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Okay. Uh, that, that, that tracks now. I feel, I feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking. Soon, I'll be drinking. I haven't even opened, yes. I haven't opened it yet. I have the bottle in front of me. Is this a, a brand new bottle? This, what? Is this a brand new bottle? Is that no, what this is a bottle that's getting kicked tonight. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking Redbreast Single Pot Still Irish Whiskey. Eight, oh, all Irish. Nice. 15 years. Non-chill filter. I was the filters consi- on this whiskey, not chill. <laughs> yes. I was actually considering buying re- uh, some Redbreast recently. That'll be a, a, a soon-to-be future purchase, I think. Matured in the finest oak casks, Irish Distillers, Middleton Distillery, Middleton Co. Cork. County, County Cork, yes. <laughs> uh, first, first note: There's a lot more to read on this bottle. There's some interesting things. Oh, but, I have, I have a bottle and a box. But the uh, the whole typography situation is a goddamn nightmare on this thing. Oh. It's all over the place. It's there's fonts galore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read this next one and assume that anytime it's in capitals, it's shouting. And anytime it's <laughs> just going to do it. And anytime that it's in italics is fancy. <laughs> Unique among whiskeys. <laughs> Red breast. 15 is a single pot still Irish whiskey comprising exclusively of pot still whiskeys, which have been. Triple distilled and matured <laughs> in oak casks for no less than 15 years. An <laughs> uh, uncompromising dedication to quality and the enduring tradition of Irish pot still whiskey is the hallmark of red breasts. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Do me for a loop on that one. Ready? There's more. I'm not going to do the yelling anymore because now there's varying degrees of bold, and I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> Tasting notes. Nose, full and rich, with a complex yet balanced mix of berry fruits and aromatic oils. Taste. Fully round and mellow. With the Fully succul- round? Round is not a flavor. <laughs> fully, fully round and mellow. It's a shape. It's a with a shape. succulence of fresh Ooh. fruit. I have not had, I have never had a succulent whiskey. (laughs) Combined with spices and toasted wood. Finish, long and sophisticated. (laughs) 
And now a little note on single pot still Irish whiskey. Single pot still Irish whiskey is unique to Ireland. It is regarded as the quintessential style of Irish whiskey. Whiskey. Safeguarded (laughs) and nurtured under the watchful eye of the Milton Distillery for almost 200 years. Single pot still Irish whiskey is made from a mash of malted and unmalted barley and then triple distilled in traditional copper pot skill. Stills, not skills, with skills, but in stills. I imagine Pot still Irish whiskey are characterized by full, complex flavors and wonderful, creamy mouthfeel. Uh, this mark certifies this whiskey is a single pot still whiskey. I think I get it. <laughs> From the renowned So how Middleton many pots Distillery. would you say the still? <laughs> <laughs> County Cork, Ireland. Wow, there's a lot to be had here. Also, we got some fine logos. Some great art on here. The paper that is stuck to the front of the bottle has a very uh, deliberate tear design to the bottom of it. Ah, yes. And uh, the cork is green on green, but you can see the... I thought the cork was the county. Sorry, that's right. The cork is the county. (laughs) The the little label around the cork is green on green. And uh, there we go. And to top this all off, I'll be serving this whiskey... In my Christmas gift from my mother, which is a whiskey glass a Batman, with Batman on it that says Anthony. Nice. So here we are. Yeah, Redbreast is um, is unfortunately one of the few major uh, Irish whiskey brands that I have never had the pleasure of trying. I was thinking about buying it recently. I did not purchase it yet. Uh, actually, I bought some Teeling in, in place of it, but I I am definitely going to dip my toes into the Redbreast waters. Red-breasted waters? The red-breasted waters. <laughs> I've had a few. I've had I've had the 15 and the 12. I think I might have had... It's pretty expensive, something right? Older. Yeah. It's, it's on the pricey side. I believe this was a housewarming gift. Nice. So this is... Been around for a while now. It's been around for a bit, yeah. Considering sure. my housewarming warming gift for you was gone within like a week. <laughs> minutes. <laughs> well, like half of it was gone in minutes. Well, I don't, wait, which one? I'm thinking of uh, the bottled and bond. Is that... Yes. That was it, right? Yeah. Although I'm... I don't remember the brand now. I remember really liking that whiskey. I remember that was buying good. a few of them in like a couple like, of months. I feel like I would recognize the. Um, I would recognize the, the label logo. if someone showed me a picture of it. Bottled in images. I'm gonna go through images. There are so many whiskeys that are bottled in bond. Good yeah. luck. But I feel like Old Forester. Yes. That Boom. Was it. That, was it. that was it. Get googled, son. <laughs> so. How is it? How is it? Obviously, you all sampled right. this many times. Let's see. I, I, well, I have, but first I don't, honestly all, don't know the last time I had it. First of all, is it succulent? Well, I didn't get there yet. Succulence, succulence comes during the taste, I believe. Yeah. It's succulent in the mouth. But <laughs> on the nose, <laughs> it's full it's, and rich. It's succulent in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Complex and balanced. Uh, okay. Cheers, mate. Oh, cheers. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that's, uh... Ooh. The, the breasts are fully red? It is. My, my, my breasts are definitely red. <laughs> uh, no, I, honestly, I don't know how else to describe that feeling other than succulents. Fantastic. It's like, I mean, you're like mouth-watering, and it's like, mmm, mmm. Like that, <laughs> that's, you turn, you turn that's into Yoda? <laughs> 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 uh, all right um i pot still it is <laughs> uh, 
I have a whiskey from Waterford Distillery. Waterford <clears throat> being a like a city in Ireland famous for its crystal, mm. which I believe mm. this glass slash crystal bottle must be made of crystal. I Probably, think. if not the bottle for sure, the stopper have... up top because this is like an all like glass. Oh yeah, big time. stopper. Which I, I'm going to guess is crystal for sure, if not the whole glass. I have I some Waterford crystal in the attic. Oh, nice. Also, I think as someone who loves labels, you're going to love this label. Yeah, I'm all take, about it. Take a look I at that. I already see, see what's going on here. It's pretty dope. We had some neon lights. Yeah, basically. There's some swirls and colors. Um, this is... <laughs> this reminds me of Tom Hatherford. I just love it. The, the green one. <laughs> the purple oh, one. Oh, the art, right? <laughs> um, <The> square. <laughs> also pretty unique because it's in a blue bottle. Like mm-hmm. an all blue, dark blue bottle. You can barely see the liquid unless you like put it up in front of the light. Yeah, which is... I... You give me 10 guesses, I'm not guessing whiskey. No. Um, some sort of, like, designer or, like, vodka. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to do, like, eight vodka guesses first. Yes. <laughs> Maybe a gin. <laughs> and and then, I don't know, white wine. Sparkling white wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, oh, I've definitely seen cheap white wine in a bottle. Was it Luna de Luna? Sure. That, that, that's yeah. one. I have a friend who, who drinks that, and now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, blue bottle. Um, so, anyway... I don't remember if I mentioned on the show or not, if it was just to you specifically. I had mentioned several weeks ago drinking a Waterford whiskey. It was a cool story. Um, They did this not just single malt whiskey, but they did this project where they distilled multiple different versions of the exact same recipe. But each of them was made was sourced with a single crop of barley from a different region of Ireland (laughs) with one single barley yes one little nugget of barley no one crop of barley from like the north or the south or the east like just from different regions the exact same whiskey distilled from each of these different places and each line is a different name so that you could try you know it was to, to highlight the terroir of of the different whiskey um you know ingredients I thought that was a really cool idea. I bought one of them. It was really good. I have a little bit left so that I can buy another one and try that. This is not from that series. This is a different one. Mm. Um, it was highlighted. This specific one was highlighted. I got Diane Kruger by Waterford Whiskey <laughs> because I hadn't heard of this whiskey before a couple of months ago. And then I was just reading someone. Oh, no, sorry. It wasn't even like it was like a sponsored ad. Like I was looking up stuff and it kind of came up and or like, you know, like where like your your Google is is stalking you. Someone sent me this. Mm. It was a list of 10 Irish whiskeys, blind tasted. Yeah, just, but that showed up in their results because they've talked to you before. And that's <laughs> the real problem. But I had never texted them about the Irish whiskey. So <laughs> did you think it? <laughs> well, <laughs> And this one was on there. So this is the cuvee, which um, is kind of fun. I don't know what that means. But um, on the back of the bottle, it says, ooh, and there's some fun, uh, there's some fun, like, um, holographic thing going on in the back. Two part of the, the, the label. No, not that. You know, like a po- <laughs> you know, like a Pokemon card where they had, like, the holographic card? Oh, hell yeah. Something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, our unique I got a, library. I got a, blast, a sitting up in the attic somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Our unique library of individual single farm origins derived from distinctive Irish terroirs presents an unprecedented spectrum of flavors defined by Ireland's soils and microclimates. Here, by layering such singular spirits, each expressing its own identity, we present an assemblage in which 25 individual 
Waterford Single Malts coalesce to create the cuvee. The definitive Waterford Irish Whiskey, our lodestar. Oh, sorry, I should have been yelling those words. Mm-hmm. Um, this radical works, bro. This 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 radical celebration of complexity only attainable by fusing individual terroirs. Because uh, weren't we supposed to put a flourish on the uh, mm-hmm. the italicized words? Mm-hmm. Is a paradigm shift. For in this way and in this bottle, we believe the whole is greater than simply the sum of its parts. Okay, so I remember reading something about it when I when I was reading that blind test. So this is a mixture of a bunch of those different single varietals. That's um, cool. Now to the box. The whole greater than simply the sum of its parts. Our vision is to create this the world's most profound whiskey. It begins with barley very essence of its complex flavor. We rigorously applied the ancient terroir methodology (laughs) to today's (laughs) methodology to today's verdant landscape of Ireland, home of the world's finest barley. Now for the first time in single malt whiskey, unashamedly inspired by the legendary Chateau of France, we reached the apogee of this radical philosophy. Our distillery the technological marvel we call the facilitator enables us to create elite whiskey, farm by farm, terroir by terroir. State of the art equipment marries with ancient knowledge, locally grown Irish barley with extended fermentations, unhurried distillation, and an array of exceptional oak. It has provided a unique library of single farm origins, each expressing its own identity, its own voice. This unprecedented spectrum of flavors must now reach. It's crescendo. We have celebrated and explored the singles. Now we produce our more immersive concept album. For layered together in this cerebral fusion of flavors, these component Waterford whiskeys come together, culminating in our ultimate experience, textured, complex, and compelling. The Cuvée, a synthesis of single farm origins, an enigmatic gestalt, a milestone in our journey, the definitive Waterford whiskey, our lodestar. <laughs> I feel like we just need to do this in everyday life. <laughs> just scream randomly. Yeah. <laughs> just random verbiage threats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about just on articles? Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you do read articles like that, especially when there's, like, you know, they got pull quotes or, like, stuff that's, like, hyperlinked to other articles and stuff like that, and those things become, like, bolded, which would be even more disjointed because at least this is like kind of keywords as mm-hmm. opposed to just like random sections of a sentence that are highlighted because it's referencing some other work. Right. Uh, did you, are you going to sip that bad boy or what? Oh, absolutely. I actually sipped it when we cheers before. Oh. So you want to read cheers? Sure. I'll read cheers. Yeah. I actually have a glass here. Cheers. This one I actually is... meant like the articles in the sentence. <laughs> just shouting those. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I uh, I very much enjoy this one. It's the I I did notice between these two there is this aftertaste that I'm I'm actually kind of a big fan of. Sometimes Ooh. that weird lingering aftertaste can be burdensome, but I actually yep. really like this one. Yeah, it's got a good it's, finish. It, yeah, it's it's that that peatiness that you come to expect mm. from Irish whiskey, but without that kind of weird like drying type of like like yeah. effect. It's because it's mixed with the sweetness that I I associate with Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. I've got it with you with that on this one, um, and I think that the reason that it doesn't dry out at the end is the sucking. <laughs> 
with a whiskey that juicy, it's I, kind of hard. Yeah, I'm I'm basically hydrating. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know what the uh, what the the alcohol content of that one is. Mine mine is fifty percent, which is, is delightful. We are sitting pretty at forty six. Okay, standard solid. Or what proof? It should be ninety two. It's a test. <laughs> test. <laughs> All right, so we're. I think it's. It, oh, sorry, I think it's funny that we have to put both numbers on the bottle, and we can't just derive one of them. Yeah, why? Yeah, why is it both? It should be one or the other. If you yeah. want to go the proof way, great, that's fine. If you want to go the ABV, cool. I don't think we need both per se. That's really great. Oh man, I'm enjoying this one. I actually forgot how good it was, and I'm I'm glad that when I reached into the cabinet, this is what I pulled out. There were some other ones that I could have pulled out. I actually. I wanted a little bit more for tonight, which is why I grabbed this one, because I know there's a little bit extra in there, probably enough for two glasses, which is nice. Mm. Um, I originally had the Sassanac in my hand, uh, oh, okay. which is the whiskey from um, Outlander. Outlander, that's right. And it's it's I'm actually I'm at the end of my second bottle. Oh. Uh, it was uh, both times was a was a gift for like different occasions. And um, my goodness, is it a good scotch? Hmm. But uh, this is this is a nice, a nice Irish whiskey. Yeah, I haven't tried that one. I I don't remember if I think Dominic tried it, but he doesn't really like scotch too much, mm. but he had watched that with um his previous girlfriend, so he had watched like that whole show, so Yeah. Uh, I know it's still going, but everything that Sure is. Out and it's fantastic. <laughs> is, it, is it still fantastic? Yeah, I love it. Oh, interesting. You know what it is? It's gone so many different directions. The show is always fresh because every season there's some new thing, point in time in history that we're going after. Mm. I will say I do miss being in Scotland. Okay. But we haven't been there for a while anyway. And uh, it always, at least it doesn't get redundant. That's good. So it's just, it's a great, it's just a great, fun, enjoyable, fun's the wrong word. There's some pretty terrible things that happen. It's a very enjoyable (laughs) show. It's interesting. It's, uh, it's provocative. It gets the people going. (laughs) Nobody knows what it means. It's provocative. No, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we, there's no point in ruining this experience with Thuckles, I think we're both just two fully blown full full two thumbs up, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So there's no there's no Thuckles and flicks in a whisk. Deeply enjoy. <laughs> Ooh, or or could we up the amount of thumbs? How many arms did what's his name have in Whip Whip Stir? Because you like to do whisk whisk mm. stir. He had multiple. What do you have? Four arms? Five arms? Did he get up to six at one point? Maybe it was six arms. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I I, I feel like, you know what? I feel like it was five and then like a fifth one comes in. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So five thumbs up. Ten thuckles. Okay. So we're out of ten. See that? I didn't need the. I did it for you, but you don't need the proof. And (laughs) (laughs) you have to say the proof's in the pudding. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So for this flicks and a whisk, we are going Mm. to. Skip over news and notes. I think we're going to skip over news and notes. No notes. <laughs> we're go- we're note free. <laughs> we are. Um, probably no nugs other than that Sassanac Outlander mm. nug. Um, Actually, you know what? I got one nugget for you. Okay. Okay. Here it goes. While we're doing fancy things, we're drinking whiskey. We're talking Oscars. Let's do other adult things and talk the housing market. Specifically, 
<laughs> I was not expecting <laughs> because this. We put it all for it on Should the I house. bring my? Should I grab my stock portfolio? We'll do that yeah. after the housing. We'll do market. that after. We'll do that after. Did uh, we put an offer on the house uh, on? Um, I don't know what was it. Tuesday, Monday. What's today? Today's Wednesday. Yep. We did this on Monday evening morning. Okay. Tuesday morning. It was Tuesday morning. The offer went in. Sorry. It's so crazy. You know, you hear people tell you like the housing market's crazy and all that garbage, right? And it's true. And uh, let's put it this way. You're trying to, there's a house that you really like. You're trying to get that house. So you have to make a strong offer because you want to make an impression. You want to get, you want to win the bid, right? Mm-hmm. Because you really want the house. What is really good right now, considering things are listed for more than they should be. Yes. And going for more than that. Yes. Right? Frequently. So. I find I come to find out about this uh, escalation clause that you can put in your contract. Okay. It's like, I am offering you this, but I will offer three thousand more than the best offer up to this. Okay. That's how it was phrased for this one, and <laughs> we offered twenty thousand more than the listing price, with a escalation that went up to sixty thousand more. Than the Jesus. listing price, and were outbid by a great deal. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, now, that's you how can't, it's going right you now. can't be told the amount, <laughs> but you can be told in relatively certain terms whether it was a lot or a little. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not allowed to tell me how much we we're outbid by, but how much we we're outbid by. Stop me, stop me when I get there. Stop me. <laughs> For those of you at home, I'm, I'm moving my hands further and further apart. You're joking. No, no, wait, you must have missed the part. Let's start again. No. <laughs> No, what was that from? No. What was that from? <laughs> oh man, what was that from? <gasps> no, no, no. <laughs> well, what? I don't know. It was someone talking about another dude's dick. Yeah, was it? Uh, it, it. I feel like it's a Chris Pratt. Was it? Jam. No, no. Huh? I don't remember. Listeners, we're gonna need your help on this one. Yes, I can picture the scene, but I can't picture who's doing it. Yeah. Even though I'm like looking at the guy doing and like. Yeah, I could almost like certain people come to mind that could pull it off. Like Chris Pratt was one of them. The other one that I uh, is uh, Manzukis for some reason is coming to mind. I I could definitely see him doing. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what that is what it's from, but it's killing me because we're talking about the exact same scene in the exact same movie or TV show. One of us is going to remember it halfway through Oscars. So I hope so. Let's just skip past that. Skip past. I'm sorry that the house didn't work out. It's fine. Um, but uh, let's get to some consumption. That's what we're going to stick with. Because cool. I'm sure both of us have consumed many things mm. through, whether it be through our eye holes, whether it be eating something delicious, whether sure. it be whatever. So would you like to start? Or would you like me to start? You start. Okay. I watch, I'm going to do two together here because mm. actually I got to double check here. Real Twist. Quick. Well, I watched two <laughs> movies this weekend and I'm only slightly stalling because I need to make I don't sure. remember what they were. <laughs> no, no, no. There was, there was a connection that I meant to, uh, there was a connection between the two movies that I meant to like research to make sure I had that correct. And I forgot to do that before right now. So I'm doing that as we speak. And that's not the right tab. I was right. Okay. So on Friday night, looking for a movie to watch pretty exhausted because so I, I try and get a good night's sleep Tuesday nights because sure. Wednesday we tend to be up very late That's right. and then I have work early in the morning Thursday we start our three hour recordings at 9pm <laughs> yes uh, and by 9pm 
we say 9 p.m. and really we started at like 9 30. So right. like last week, we literally didn't get done and me in bed until like five to one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was after one. It was right around there. Yeah. I forget. Um, so I was really tired Thursday. Thursday morning, get a phone call from my uncle who says, Hey, I have an extra ticket to the Islanders Rangers game. Do you want to go? And I was like, Twist Well, yeah, mind. obviously. Yeah. So free ticket to the game? Yeah, sure. Um, because him and my cousins are Rangers fans. I'm an Islander fan. Um, it was a little irresponsible going into the city on St. Patrick's Day for not St. Patrick's Day related activities. That being said, <clears throat> surprisingly, really did not um impact us in any way, shape, or form. I had to bust my ass at work despite being totally exhausted. Drove down there. I was a little worried about the state I was going to be in driving back just from like <clears throat> the exhaustion catching up to me and sure. it being rather late. But I was driven by the elation of the Islanders beating the Rangers. And, and hockey games are fun. Hockey games are fun. And I had the added bonus of I get a call in the second intermission from me and or Dominic's friend Brian. Love it. <laughs> who goes, where that was the first time I've done that exact version of it. Um, who goes, Oh, hey, what are you doing tonight, man? I was like, I'm at the Ranger Islander game. He goes, Oh, cool. He goes, I'm down here drinking. Um, uh, do you think I can get a ride home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I guess so. Just come meet us at Madison Square Garden. And uh yeah, nice. so that was how I stayed awake getting home because I had a passenger with me. So a buddy. Nice. Yeah. It was a really random. You would you could say that Brian was touched with the luck of the Irish that night because mm. otherwise, I think he was calling me to see if I could pick him up from the train station across the river here, right? Because <laughs> he was going to take the train home with all the other people who were down in the city drinking. That being said, Friday tired because yeah. that was my last two nights. Had work Friday, obviously. Looking for a movie, something easy, something that wasn't going to be too upset about falling asleep, and I watched the Adam Project, which just recently came oh. out. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Zoe Saldana, a handful of other people you'll recognize. Decent movie. It was cool. okay. Definitely dozed off for a little bit in the middle. I'm going to have to go back and revisit because I don't 100% remember how they got to the whole thing that was going on at the end. Sure. It was just fine, though, yeah. from what I That's kind of what I expected. Yeah. Saturday. Netflix, Netflix is shooting for sixes and sometimes landing on seven. Yes. The problem is they just don't ever seem to land any higher than mm-hmm. that. But um, they seem okay with that. Yeah. At least in the movie front. They've done better on television shows. Yes. That being said, Saturday, more well-rested, looking to sink my teeth into something a little bit more. Mm. And so kind of the way that had gone down was I just put on Netflix and I was like, oh, that just came out. I know it's a new movie. Let's watch it. Put on HBO. What should be on the banner? But Free Guy. Ah. You get Ryan Reynolds the shit out of this weekend. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds weekend, both directed by Sean Levy. I was like, oh, okay, that's, yeah, same director. I was like, that's interesting. It looks like it was one of those one for me, one for you deals, because Free Guy was much better than the Adam Project. Really liked Free Guy. I know you liked it. We were both pretty excited for it. I didn't, I wasn't super excited by the first trailer. I remember seeing the first trailer. I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea, but like not really whatever. I know we had gotten excited for it to a point after a while. I was not going to make an effort to go see the movie, but as soon as I saw it was on HBO, I was like, let's check this out. I'm looking for a movie. As soon as I saw it on HBO, I said, catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) Such a creepy character. (laughs) Really enjoyed that one. So it was a weirdly Ryan Reynolds themed weekend. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, A Ryan Reynolds themed weekend sounds fun to me. Yeah. Did you have some aviation gin? No, Maybe get a new phone plan on Mint Mobile. 
No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I uh, I watched a movie this weekend. Okay. And in preparation for, I intended on watching three. Uh, did not get to two. For the record, in case it doesn't make it because it was in the cold open. I tried. I tried moderately try. hard to watch a couple of more movies before this, and I was thwarted That's, by technology. You tried every way but putting money on the table. Correct. I said I mo- <laughs> tried moderately hard. I did not go so, to the ends of the earth here. I decided, uh, Kim and I decided we were going to watch West Side Story. Knock that one out. And I had this notion in my head from the last time I watched West Side Story, the original, a long time ago, which I could barely remember it, but I remember enough after watching it. And uh, only to be um, val- revalidated in watching the remake. Uh, it's bad. It's just oh. bad. I don't like it. I don't really? like I don't like the original. I don't like this one. A lot of people love it. Is it the musical aspect of it? Or? No, I love musicals. Is it the Romeo and Juliet the aspect mu- of it? it? It may be. I don't like Shakespeare. Um, I well, they don't they, speak. They don't speak in Shakespearean verse, right? But no. it is obviously that story. That's true. Uh, it is the music is not that good, in my opinion. I don't think that the songs are catchy. I don't think that they have enough. You don't think snapping your fingers is good enough to <laughs> like build a song around? There is some maybe fun choreography when here and there. Yeah. <laughs> but the even the choreography can be a little bit uh wonky throughout. I will say as far as like the like the technical aspects of making a movie are concerned mm-hmm. and making a musical movie, very well done. Well, I that can't, the, I cannot discredit that. That's the only thing I've really heard about this is that man, who knew that Steven Spielberg was itching to make a musical cuz if you told me Right. Steven Spielberg musicals like that doesn't feel like a fit to me. Mm-hmm. And but I heard that from like the the actual like technical direction of a musical, as far as like specifically the choreography, I've heard it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's sensational. Which it, it, it very just, much is. I'm not surprised because he's obviously a phenomenal director. It's just like it's not like in the word cloud of like things, the Venn right. diagram of like movie styles and directors. I just never expected an overlap there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Um, but it is, and it's, and it's like I said, it's well made. I just don't. I don't think that it's a. I just don't think it's a great story. Uh, I I understand. I mean, it's literally a five hundred year old story that keeps and, being told over and over again. And I never, I didn't like it to begin with. So <laughs> I guess that I guess that helped. But I mean, what so I will give them credit in like the idea of instead of uh, the Puerto Rican characters were kind of framed as the bad guys. I feel like in the original movie, whereas mm-hmm. the footing is way more even on this. It's just people living under different circumstance. And it's shining a light on both of those, which is, and then obviously they're at odds and kind of giving you a little bit more of the growing tension between the two classes, like, or well, the same class really just for the different races in those classes, like the, they, they shine a little bit more of a light on that part of like how that tension could potentially grow in the scenario and like why one side feels um, like put down by the other and vice versa and like they, they do a decent amount of of that versus making it more of a one-sided story i feel like okay and which is which is great you know do that because that's a that's the right i feel like in my opinion that's the right way to do it is to is to if you're gonna do this right shine that light like show that story great that being said i get it i'm not interested in watching the movie again i don't think the music is very good so like again technically well made 
just not I just don't like I'm not I'm not watching West Side Story again. <laughs> again, I'm not doing it. You got me. Fool me once. <laughs> this one is on me. <laughs> and it's just uh I'm not gonna do it again. I have seen chunks of the original one, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. Um and it's been probably 15 years since I've seen any of it. So mm. it's not something that's a huge like reference point for me, um, other than just knowing some of the big things and you know, I want to live in America, et cetera, et cetera. So on. Yeah. Um, I was vaguely curious about the new one, but it wasn't something I was in a rush to watch anyway. It would have been one of the last one or two of these if I had been able to like actually knock out all of the 10 nominees for best picture. Yeah. I had specifically watched that one because I, it was available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, it was of the ones that I had left. It was the one that was immediately available. Yeah. But regardless, uh, didn't care for it. I will say there is, if you are going to watch it, there is one scene worth watching it for. And I will okay. tell you the whole thing right now. So towards the end of the movie, when Tony finds out that Maria Juliet uh, or is told <laughs> that she did, he kind of dives into a corner and looks back at the person that told him and throws his hands over his face in shock and horror. And it very much looks like he's turning into Mr. Hyde. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a new, like there's of the, throughout this Oscar season, there have been two great takeaways that have made for a lot of laughs in this house, because I will do, I will replay these scenes for Kim randomly, like with no context. So I'll do that now. And the other one is I will aggressively hula hoop with nothing. Oh. Like uh, uh, Power of the Dog. That one scene (laughs) where where we just do a quick cutaway and uh, he's doing the hula hoop and a little girl's in the background and she she looks to him and she in that moment is the audience like, why? (laughs) And then the scene's over. Oh, boy. So uh, we we do that, too. I have only one other thing to say about. West Side Story generally. Well, not actually, not generally. The, the original one specifically. So now, after our Christmas episode from a couple of years ago, you're familiar with White Christmas. Mm-hmm. You've entered it into your Christmas rotation, right. right? Yeah. You, you very much enjoy the movie. Love it. So <clears throat> hopefully this Snow. hopefully this reference will then <laughs> land with you somewhat, and at least you'll be able to picture the scene. So you remember, spoiler alert for a 60-year-old movie, mm. that towards the end when there's the tiff between Bing Crosby and um, Rosemary Clooney and she goes off to New York City and mm-hmm. she does her own little one-person show. She sings, Love, You Didn't Do Right By Me. And she's got she's in all black and she's singing the song on the stage. Bing Crosby goes to see the show. And she's got these four dancers. Mm-hmm. It's all men. They're all wearing like black turtlenecks and they're doing some sort of interpretive dance thing. None sure. of them sings or anything. They're just dancing around her or with her occasionally. One of those guys is one of the main characters in the original West Side Story. And oh. every time I watch that movie with my family at Christmas, one of my parents will point it out. <laughs> every single year, they'll point out, you oh, know. That, that was the guy from uh, yeah, no, West Side Story, I know. <laughs> I forget which character it is that he plays, um, but he's like one of the main characters in the original you West Side Story. You have to beat them to the punch next time, Al. I know. Well, I keep I, honestly. It's, I'm like kind of playing a game with myself, where I'm like, "Is this the year they forget to mention it?" Because <laughs> <laughs> if they did, if they made it through the whole thing, I yeah. feel like I should end it by going, 
hey, wasn't one of those guys the one story? You see, the logo is a heart. A heart. That <laughs> heart. Oh, my goodness. That's really funny. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, yeah, so we watched West Side Story, and uh, it was a waste. Okay. Um, so the last couple of nights, I fixed myself up some dinner. I'm going to do a double, another double feature consumption here. Oh, okay. Because we're going to have dinner along with not a movie, but what I was watching. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of leftover corned beef from St. Patrick's Day. So last two nights I've had Rubens, corned beef Rubens, uh, fried up for myself. Nice. Alongside, my dad made entirely too much soup this weekend. So I had a bunch of the soup as well. So a little Saint sandwich Joseph's of soup. Mm, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. What oh. What is St. Joseph's soup? I do remember hearing my dad talk about St. Joseph's Day the other day because it's not something we've ever done. I think he asked my mom, like if if well, our this is mom's a, side of family. This is a consumption hijacking. I had St. Joseph's soup this weekend. <laughs> I, I invited. I invited the hijacking. It's okay. So it is a soup that is made of a lot of beans, uh, like chickpeas, other beans, fava beans, things like that, like in there. Um, some vegetables. We got some. Uh, Broccoli, and I think they might have been cauliflower at this time, but it's really, it's it's basically um, a not expensive soup. Mm-hmm. But part of the, part of it is you make a lot of it, and you make it in a giant pot, and you feed the town. Mm. Um, and while we didn't feed the town, we could have. <laughs> well, we were in a similar situation here, which is why I took some of it for leftovers for the last two days. Nice. And, um. But the thing is, I didn't have it the original day because I was out that night. Um, no, what we had, what what it, what this soup was, I don't know if there's a name for it specifically. Um, but the basis for it is kind of similar to, I think, Italian wedding soup. Okay. Which one's Italian wedding soup? Got like the little meatballs in it. And? Well, I don't remember. <laughs> So okay, the, I'm pretty, the meatballs I'm pretty sure. the star of the show, if I remember correctly. It, it is, which similar. I, there's a similar thing with a lot of those Italian soups, I think, and it's that they're supposed to be very cheap to make, and mm-hmm. you can make a lot of it and feed people with it. They're like rice um, in it or or barley. Barley, I think maybe wedding soup or Italian wedding soup is an Italian soup consisting of how many times can we say soup consisting of green vegetables and meat. Oh, that that seems like a, a not good explanation. Of Incredibly vague. Although I think that's kind of the point because Italian wedding soup, there's a lot of variations on it. But meatballs um, is part of it, like small yeah. meatballs. So we make, we've made that a handful of times, but my dad has done his own version of that, which I actually really like. It's kind of a cool thing. Instead of doing meatballs, he decases a bunch of Italian sausage. Mm-hmm. So you have like the Italian sausage, like chunks, chunks. and crumbles. And... We make a spicy soup, um, you know, and we throw escarole and... Uh, I think there might have been escarole in this soup. Cannellini beans. I think escarole is supposed to be an Italian wedding soup. Nice. Um, so it's it's typically hot sausage, cannellini beans, um, and escarole in, like... It's, and it's in chicken broth, which I always thought it was weird that you put, it, like, a red meat in a... Not in a beef broth. Well, isn't pork the other white meat? Sure, but, but meatball is... Red sure. meat is my point. So, and the, that's like kind of the basis for this soup. You know, yeah. I understand we're extrapolating kind of halfway between the two, but Italian wedding soup is meatballs in, in chicken broth, right? Like yeah. it's not in a beef broth. Um, so this was another another variation on that, where instead of meatball or hot sausage, my dad 
diced up a bunch of hot soprasat mm. and swapped the escrow for kale and threw some carrots and farro mm-hmm. in it, which feels like store brand barley. That's the first time I've ever had it before, but uh, that's how yeah. I experienced it's kind it. Of- big like for like it's a bigger piece the faro mm, it's it was not bigger than barley it was about the same size maybe five oh. percent bigger i may have had bigger faro <laughs> at least my dad told me it was faro unless he found something else but he told me that's what he was putting in it yeah i like it i do like it. that sounds really good it was pretty solid so i had a I had a reuben with some some of this soup i have to ask him nice. what he's calling it but while i was eating it you know Prepping a little dinner like that, eating it by yourself, watching something by yourself. Not a very long meal to eat and consume. So you know what goes perfect with that? An episode of Star Wars Visions, which oh. I had not watched since we had discussed a couple of months ago. Nice. And, uh, you left off around the same as me. So the last two nights I watched an episode of Star Wars Visions alongside my dinner. Oh, cool. These two episodes I watched, really good. As really? Much as okay. We talked about and I liked the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Some more than others, I think. So I, I couldn't remember if I had watched three or four. I had watched the first three. Yeah. So I watched episodes I four and five. Both of them really good. Awesome. All right. Cool. I, I think both of them stand basically neck and neck and above the first three. Even though I think I really liked two of the three, and the other one was was fine too. Yeah. This one, these two, I, I really enjoyed. the The first one I think was the Village Bride, um, which the animation style. Reminded me a lot of like Pokemon, like the coloring and like the animation, like of like the people all looked very much like that style of anime. Mm-hmm. Um, not the way that it was like voice acted and directed or whatever is not like that, but <laughs> just like the visually what it looked like. The one after that um, looked. I don't. I don't have a good. I know I've seen a million anime that looked kind of like that visually. I, I don't. I can't name one off the top of my head that looked exactly like this. The, both of them, what I thought was cool about them was they really, both of them really played up the amount of feels. Mm. I don't think the first three really connected with you on an emotional level like that. These two, I think, really did. The story on the second of them, the fifth one, which was the ninth Jedi, really good. Oh, well. Not going to go how you think. <laughs> cool. <laughs> to, All right. I'm, to, I'm, I'm bumped then. I'll have to quote watch Quote slash paraphrase Luke. So I'd like to get back in and finish up. There's, I think there's four more of them. I think there was nine total episodes. So. Those two really strong center of the season of the the show. I, I regret that it's taken me so long to get through all of it, but um, I enjoyed my little dinner with my little episode because they're all like fifteen to twenty minutes long. So yeah, that's awesome. I uh, a couple things during that whole thing. There were two words that stood out to me. One was soup, and was one was extrapolation. And I think that we do need to make another podcast where we just make soups and we call it extrapolation soup. <laughs> that's one. <laughs> <laughs> Two, Ex- ext- I extrapolation. Extrapolation. <laughs> I like that. Two, I forgot. So that's gone. Oh, um, fun. But uh, as part of this, I want to go circling back to St. Joseph's soup. There's also a dessert that you have, and it's called. <laughs> okay, bear with me here because this is what they say. My parents, my uncles, my aunts. This is what they say. Uh, I know, knowing full well that this can't possibly be what it actually is. <laughs> uh, it's the St. Joseph's Finge. It That's, you know, when the words start to be like slang. Mm-hmm. That's what, anyway, that's the, it's clearly not 
the right way to say it. Like, I'm sure there's a better, more elegant way to say what the thing is, and I'm sure it ends in the vowel. Is it, is it like a contraction? Like, I, is it like one of those slang where you cut off part of the I word? Have, I have no idea. All I know is that it's this pastry that it looks like a giant shell of a cream puff, and it's okay. stuffed with cannoli cream. Hmm. It's very good. It's very so kind of like an eclair. It's it's a it's a cream puff with cannoli cream. That's, that's that's the only way I can describe it. And then, well, I'm, I'm saying it that way because like an eclair has a more substantive cream filling than a cream puff would have. Like I know it's sure, okay, glazed sure. and chocolated, but like the structure is kind of similar. Yeah. Well, it's it's very it's it's tasty. I I enjoy it. Also, it has the citron on top. Mm. Um, with a I love a good candied orange peel. I'm all yeah. about that. So it's got that usually nice cherry. I like that. It's uh, so weird. I have not experienced in any way, shape, or form any of the St. Joseph stuff. Huh. It's just not was not a part of my family growing up. It's huh. funny that my dad asked about it the other day. It seems like you guys did. Was that is that from your dad's side or because I don't think it's from our side. My dad's side and mother's side. They're only towns apart, so um, the towns do it differently. But no, no, I'm I'm saying like is like. That tradition come from oh my yeah dad. No, it comes from my dad okay yeah. it's like because my my dad asked my mom about it and she's like not really but I think she referenced something about like you guys maybe doing something but I think it, it must but I didn't hear the whole conversation I was kind of walking through the room while they were yeah. talking about it so I didn't hear the resolution to that conversation I was like yeah was, we never did it so I'm assuming that it wasn't something yeah that no our, it's, it's, our mom's it's definitely something that was uh this like the tradition comes from my dad's side for sure because they all they all do it um, to some varying degrees. Uh, that I really enjoy that soup. It's good. My dad has been on a a, a Calabri pepper kick, uh, and it's like these. They're like these. You know, it's it's basically like the uh, similar to like the hot pepper that you would get dried and you would shake onto something, but yeah. it's fresh and it's in oil and it's all chopped up and it's very soft and it's very hot, but it's very tasty. Mm. And he put like a big old teaspoon of that in there, which was great for me. And it's my first bite. I was like. This is probably going to be too hot for you. <laughs> <laughs> my, you know what my dad loves is the hot oil from the Chinese food, which is they basically just saute hot pepper. You know the, oh, yeah, the yeah. long, skinny hot peppers? And he'd probably like, like this. They sure. chop it up and then saute it in the oil, and they give you a little container of the oil with the hot pepper like diced up in it. Yeah. He, I, like, I like to, to drizzle it on my um, fried rice. Mm, he good. likes to just put on whatever, like whether it be like whatever he has, chicken and garlic or whatever. Like you know, sure. what I mean, I like it on my rice, just a little drizzle, toss it, really like, just to give a little kick to that fried rice. Nice, because it doesn't totally like dominate the flavor; it just adds the heat. While while we're on the topic of Italian foods, um, I when I was a kid, actually, we talked about this <laughs> weirdly a few episodes back. I used to have the marzipan lamb <laughs> 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 on Easter, and I yeah. really like marzipan. And I really like fresh marzipan from bakery, which I, when we went to Italy, I, when we were in Florence, there was a ton of bakeries that were lining this one street and they all had it. And like one in particular looked fantastic. So I went in and I got, a, I got a banana and it was everything that I hoped that it would be. And I love that flavor. And the other night on Fridays, Kim and I have been trying to do a cocktail at night, uh, after work, put the baby down have a drink and then have dinner, right? Classic. And I was like, I want to make something with random things that I have in the liquor cabinet that I haven't made before. I'm going to wing it. And I made what I am now calling marzipan because it was <laughs> amaretto, uh, an Italian brandy, 
and maraschino cherry liqueur. Mm. And I mixed all that up, shook it with some ice. Uh, I didn't have can anything we, that I can thought... we call it. Can we call it like liquid marzipan? Sure. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> well, I'm just like because like marzipan is a specific thing, and it may taste similar to marzipan, yeah. but it's it sure did, and it was so good. It was basically syrup. It was <laughs> it was it was delicious. So are yeah. you talking about the cocktails before dinner and us just talking about our family and traditions and mm-hmm. all that? Um, I I'm, I know both my parents have talked about how Pop-Up used to love a, pre, a pre-dinner a cocktail, a martini specifically. Yep. Hearing about them doing that stereotypical, like, 1950s, 60s, whatever, like, oh, honey, I'm home and the yeah. cocktail's waiting. And, oh, you know, we're having dinner with the, uh, the neighbors. You know, they're coming over for cocktails before we eat and stuff like that. Yep. And also... I know both my parents really uh, enjoy talking about um, that pop-up really specifically like when he, you know, in his later years, he used to love making cocktails for my dad. Mm. Um, Specifically, like they came up and visit us once in Vermont and stayed with us for a week or so. And, you know, I was really young. I was, you know, four five, six, whatever. Sure. And like mom and pop-up were there and, you know, my mom didn't work at the time. She, you know, she stayed home with me and then my brother and sister when, when we were all growing up and, but my dad was out at work and pop up would hear my dad call from the office to let my mom know that he was on the way home <laughs> and he would get up, you know, and obviously he couldn't move very fast at that time, but yeah. he would, he would get up and he'd, he would go start fixing a, a drink for uh, him and, 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 and my that. dad. So that when my dad would get home, cause that's not something that we really did like that. Like it wasn't something my parents would do. Like sometimes they'd open the bottle of wine and start drinking it before dinner was ready. But like, yeah. they wouldn't really do the cocktail thing, but pop up would love to make a drink for the two of them when my dad was coming home, that's which I was, awesome. was, I love that. I know that was something that pop up and my dad, bonded over was my dad would, would drink with him he would always bring the the budweiser's over when we would be when we would visit them sure and um i remember me and 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 my dad and pop-up playing pinochle together yep. that, that's how i learned how to play uh, you you never learned how to play right i did i don't re- i haven't retained any of it i actually your dad uh taught us all one one year uh, yeah around the table and i i i think i don't really remember we'll, we'll play sunday Cool. I'll bring it. I'll All bring right, a deck. Cool. We'll play Sunday. I do remember uh, playing a poker game one Wednesday night at the pizzeria back in the day when they did Wednesday night poker nights, and everybody was betting aggressively, <laughs> and we were like, "What could you possibly have?" Because I know I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, it was a pinochle deck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play poker. <laughs> Well, it was, yeah, it was, it was somebody just grabbed the wrong deck. It was just yeah. a, it was an honest mistake, but it was really it was really quite good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we have started to revive a little bit the the cocktail um, tradition. Kind of comes and goes, but when specifically when me and my dad and my mom and and my brother can be together on Friday night, in like prior to dinner being ready, because typically we a lot of times we still have pizza. My mom will make pizza. Uh, and if me and, and my brother and my dad can all get home from work before dinner's ready, well, it's not, it's not usually always a full blown cocktail. Sometimes it is if we're home that early, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just, let's splash some whiskey into a glass and have a, a little bit before we have dinner. Yeah. But still, you know, the, the principles. Yeah, are- I love it. I, I really, I really love it. I've been, I've been making some wacky stuff with it. Cause I, we have like 
I've got so many bottles of a little bit of something left <laughs> that I'm just like, let's let's see what we can do here. I made so, I made a very interesting. Uh, it was like Chambord vodka and uh, lemoncello. It was Ooh. it was. Oh, dude, <laughs> it was good. I would actually try that because I don't like vodka, but that would totally wipe out any vodka flavor. Yeah, You're just I don't getting like vodka that either. that basis of that's going to dilute down a little bit that those strong sugary yeah. flavors, but still give you the backbone of the alcohol. So that's yeah. a, a smart idea, especially that would be really good if you if you chilled all of them ahead of time. Oh yeah, uh, well I didn't chill them, but I froze the glass beforehand. That certainly helps I too. Obviously, shook, I shook it, so it was. Well, I know a lot of people leave vodka in the freezer, and yeah. a lot of people leave limoncello in the freezer. So, well, actually, that's a good you, point. The limoncello even, was in the freezer. Even if you have those two in the freezer and the chambord, like you know, because you, you really only need a splash of that anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. The uh, the limoncello, there's still a little bit left, and it is it is real good. It's good stuff. It's from Italy, straight up. Mm, was good. good. Gifted. But man, the limoncello there was so good when we went. My goodness. That's one of those things I definitely really want to. Get around to one of these years. Going there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you absolutely should. I mean, I know it's one of like the dreams of my dad to go do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll all go eventually. Yeah. It's amazing. The thing is, we're going to have to like block off like at least probably 10 days because, you know, Easy. we're going to want to experience a lot of it. So Yeah, for sure. You go on one of those tours like we went on, you'll have a blast. Yeah. You, get every, you go all over the place. Though, going back, I would probably not do a tour, but it's good. If you have the first been, time, yeah. yeah, it was the second time that I had been, but it, like the first time in many years, it was the first time as an adult. Yeah. So it, it was, it was good. Although like some of the best things that we did were the things to what we were off on our own. Like one night we were, when we were in, um, wherever we were staying in Venice, it wasn't like on the main Island. Um, we had a, a whole evening to ourselves. So we like went out for a walk and like walking through like the local square and just sat down at a bar ordered a drink the drinks came with a charcuterie board <laughs> and we're like oh. what in the world and it's like how much is this it's one euro why <laughs> 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 i'm going to tip you more than this was <laughs> i gotta find that place <laughs> it, it was great it sounds delightful it was awesome but anyway where we at consumption yes so i think i, I think i i'm pretty much good i, I if okay. i remember something i'll let you know but you if you got anything else let me know so i i it's been a couple of days but i've watched at least two or three more episodes of ted lasso since last oh week. excellent fantastic and perfect timing the next episode after our last conversation was actually the lead task fantastic <laughs> <laughs> totally ridiculous oh, as most it. of the things in that show are but that was that was pretty <laughs> just like come on dude yeah Stupid ass. So good. Um, I, I love it. I, I, so at this point, you, you're, you're well acquainted. You've seen Coach Beard will randomly say something in his Coach Beard voice, mm-hmm. and like, like that rises up as he says it, and it always gets me. But the one that I've retained from the show is somebody was talking about plans, and he went, Hold on, Coach Beard. <laughs> and, and I don't know why, but I, I just find it so funny. I don't remember if I saw that one or not. Sometimes I can't even 100% catch what he got, but just the delivery is enough. Like, it's like, that's meant to be a one-off. It's okay if I didn't 100% yeah. because I still got a chuckle from the delivery. Yeah. I love it. So where are I you gotta, at now? I got to say, after the last season, I didn't expect Jamie to return as, like, a full-blown character. Yeah. 
Uh, I know that they kind of, I, I assumed it was going to be a little cameo where they, they did the whole thing with him on that ridiculous dating show that, <laughs> that Roy was watching with the yoga moms. So good. Um, and then for him then to like open up the next episode with him getting voted off the show and like totally unrealistically, no one will like sign him and all that. And yep. to see him start his redemption tour is actually kind of endearing. Yeah. Like surprisingly, I, I thought it would take longer to earn that. I mean, I know at the end of the last season, they kind of maybe laid the groundwork where that could be a direction they'd go. And I, I thought it was going to take them longer a little bit to earn it a little bit more. And not to say that he hasn't so far been putting in the work, but it's just like, I thought it would take a little longer time wise. Yeah. Yeah. For so sure. that's, that's an interesting dynamic to introduce the it. whole thing with him and Sam and the rest of the team was cool. Jamie backing Sam over the, um, the, uh, Whatever the name of that company, the oil company, mm-hmm. that whole uh, protest. That was, was that's cool. a whole. That was a great episode. Yeah, that was a really strong episode, and the next one right after it was really good too, which is the Christmas episode. Ah, so good. <laughs> so I saw the Christmas episode. That was the last one I watched. The absurdity of Roy's and Keeley's story with the niece mm-hmm. looking for a dentist on Christmas. <laughs> so I was watching that on. Love it. I want to say it was Friday night. I was home with the dogs. My parents went out to dinner. My sister was out of town for the weekend. So I was watching the dogs and I'm sitting there watching that episode and they walked in about halfway through and like, I paused it, whatever, like they, you know, they went off to do whatever they're doing for a few minutes. I turned it back on. My dad comes and sits back down. He's like, what are you watching? Like I told him, I was like, listen, there's like, eight minutes left in this episode. Like, I'm just going to finish this considering mom's not here and ready to sit down or whatever. So my dad's like, what are they doing? Like, it was obvious enough what Ted and, um, um, was it, Re- why am I totally drawing a blank? Is it Rebecca? Who, who's the owner of the team? What, what? Yeah. Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird for me to draw a blank on that all of a sudden. The two of them like handing out the, the gifts, like that was obviously self-explanatory enough. The, all the, the, like the, the family lists, the displaced soccer players, going with Higgins that for, was cool. for the, Christ- the Higgins family dinner is fantastic. It was great. Oh, we always get one or two players as they've got like 18 people who show up <laughs> to their, their Christmas party. Uh, but he, the, at a, like the point where my dad sat down, they had stopped playing the audio and they're just showing like the parade of them going to these different houses and then them having dentists. He's like, what's going on with this storyline? And I was like, I paused. I was like, I have to explain. He goes, just say, it's like, if I just say the one sentence that they're looking for a dentist, you're not going to understand. I need to tell you what happened. <laughs> I also just love Roy growling at people. Yeah. It, it's never <laughs> that, that whole, I felt so bad. It was, it was obscene, absurd and hilarious where the poor niece has the terrible breath yeah. and Keely starts gagging after she breaks in her face. <laughs> and Roy's like, all right, come on. Like I, I played soccer with grown men for 20 years. Like yeah. there's I've, I've smelled smells that you can't possibly imagine. And he's just sitting there totally stoic with dead eyes. And he just goes, I, th- I think you're dying. <laughs> I think you might be dying. <laughs> oh my gosh. That show is so funny. So that one was really good. I know that there's supposedly some lost Christmas episode that's animated. I don't know if that's part of the regular roster, if I have to go find it. Oh, I, no, I haven't seen that. I had heard that there is like a, I don't know if it's a short or a full episode, but there's like some quote unquote Ted Lasso lost Christmas episode. Huh. So, cause you know, in the intro, they do like an animated like title scene mm-hmm. instead of the regular one. 
Um, yeah. I think it's like in that style they did a whole episode or something. Oh, cool. Like that. So I'll have to find out about that after the season's over. So I guess that puts me not quite halfway done with the second season. Cool. So yeah, you're burning burn right through it. I'm glad yeah. you I'm glad you're in it. It's so fun. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely enjoying it. It's 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 a really, really solid show. Nice. I am weirdly into American Idol. Yeah, you mentioned that last week or the week before, I forget. Yeah, I was actually watching some of that before we came down with dinner. And uh, I'm I'm fascinated by this phenomenon. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, uh... It's so weird. It's, I, it's funny, I mentioned it to my mom the other day because she had the TV on and there was uh, a commercial for American Idol. I was like, I don't understand how this is so, but for some reason Anthony is like into American Idol all of a sudden, like 20 years after that show came yeah. out. And like it died and disappeared for a couple of years, right. and has been reborn and is like come back. And it's like, it's a it's, it's a fun enough prom- premise. Like I, I watched a few seasons of it like intermittently. I never like made an appointment viewing really, but yeah, it was fine for its time. It well, wasn't something that was ever going to hold my interest long term, especially twenty years is a long time. Yeah, I enjoy the first phase. I enjoy the whole auditioning thing and like being like, oh my god, these people are they're like this person's really good, and seeing that that progress. I like the meta show of of okay. In which audition have the judges had enough of each other? <laughs> and it's really entertaining to be like, oh, they are not on the same page right now. Like they are like like there's there was one whole like I don't know thirty minute span where like Lionel Richie he added it up to here with the other two, and and you can tell that he was just like. Just shut up. <laughs> it was really fun, but uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It's really it's it's, just, it's very enjoyable. I also really like when they make him cry when he's so moved by the music that I'm <laughs> moved by the music. I'm actually more I'm moved by him being moved by the music. It's a chain effect. It's yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's entertaining. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, I don't think I'm watching anything else. Oh, I'm one... watching other things, but I'm not. I'm I'm, okay. I'm, done, I'm done talking about it. Oh, okay. I have one other thing. What you got? So, yes. Yeah, it's got to be yesterday. I was uh, sitting in my car. Here in my car. Yeah. You know, during work, we was just kind of taking a five minutes, you know, and um, just stumbled across something about how, oh, yeah, Walmart is just like selling Xbox Series Xs now. Like, you can just buy them. What? I was like, what? And this story was like 15 <laughs> hours old. So it was like. From Monday. And I was sure, like, yeah, like, yeah, surely. It's like, oh, for a while now, like, if you're a Walmart Plus member, you can just buy an Xbox. They will get you. I'm, I'm not paying for fucking Walmart Plus. Right. I was like, yeah, no, you can just get it. You don't have to, but you can buy it with or without. Um, game, the Game Pass, whatever. Huh. You don't have to be a, whatever. You know, just go online and take a look. I was like, okay, let me go online and take a look. And I clicked on it. It was like, hey, do you want to buy this Xbox Series X? And I was like. Well, yes, as, now that you mention it. As, as a matter I, of I, fact, I I've do. only been trying to for about 18 months. So, yes, I would like to. Thank you very much. And so I ordered an Xbox yesterday, and it's allegedly going to be here Saturday. Amazing. Finally, about Twist. time. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Not at all. Yeah, I was thinking about texting you and Brian yesterday. I was like, you know what? Oh, I still don't trust the experience. Right. I was thinking about just waiting and just like sending you guys a picture of it Saturday. I was like, we're going to in the show. I'll just mention it. That I can't wait till you get the original Xbox. Well, like underneath, like the option to buy it was still like you can buy like uh, like I don't know when Walmart also became eBay where you could just buy oh, someone else yeah. selling shit on their website. Like that, that, that does not make any sense to me why that's a thing. Mm-hmm. 
there's even like like the fifth option down the line was you can already buy a refurbished Xbox Series X. How are there already broken and refurbished Xbox Series Xs when I can't get a goddamn brand new one? <laughs> but I'll the That's second great. it's in my door, plugged in, then you'll operating, it. I'll stop complaining. I'll okay? say right now before you even get there, just look forward to it because the the unboxing experience is tremendous. Okay. Uh, so Microsoft does a lot of work with accessibility and okay. making sure that you know things are easily accessible to everybody who can get their hands on it. Um, and they, the, the way that like everything is like sealed, but like there's like easy tears and things just open up and everything is so perfectly placed. And it's just a very, I feel like I remember that even from experience. I feel like I remember that even from, I have like obviously a launch. I still have a launch Xbox one. Hmm. Uh, which is going to stay in the basement of my parents' house. The Series X is going to go in my room, um, which has that TV that I bought 18 oh, months yeah. ago for the Xbox. Uh, <laughs> the TV I bought for this day. Yes. Um, long. It's a long time coming. So I may have to consult with you to play with settings or something on that to sure. figure out It'll how to optimize it or whatever. But, sure. but uh, I'm I'm sure it probably will. Yeah. But, you know. You'll, pl- you'll plug it in and the Xbox is like, yo, you got all these things. You cool? Oh, cool. Your TV's going to be like, yo, you plugged in the game console. You want me to go in game mode? And you're going to say yes. And that's okay. it. Okay. So that's still a new experience because I haven't hooked up a system to a 4K TV mm. before. It's just not something I've had the need to do. Sure. So um, it's good. I mean, it is a smart TV. So, like, it makes sense oh, man, that you're it be has blown away. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, though, I did go through something like six months ago with the TV where, like, I'd had the TV for a while, mm. watched on it. Everything looks great. It looks nice. It's not quite as nice as the television we have in, like, in, like, the family room, my parents' house, but that's like a legit TV, even though it's a few years older, you know, it's a fucking 65 inch Samsung, like, like the main flagship 4k television, which I think Mm -hmm. you had the same television. I don't know if you still have it, but I think you had the exact same one at some point. Okay. Um, I've got got the, I've got the Samsung upstairs and I have the LG down here and the LG is, I mean, while they're both tremendous TVs, the LG is bonkers. Okay. I have an LG for my room, but it's not, the yeah, same like caliber the, as that yeah. one and the mm-hmm. Samsung one. It's a it's a slightly less. And it's only fifty five inch, not a sixty five mm-hmm. inch. I don't know if the sixty five inch would physically fit in my room, honestly, because sure. uh, <laughs> it's, it's even slightly precarious with the fifty five. It's, it's yeah. like teetering on the edge of where it stands. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I, I have like a platform that was for a television when televisions were normal shaped, mm-hmm. like with like now. Admittedly, they had the huge back thing but you know when they were square shaped and all that like years and years ago decades ago yeah. um but i had to literally build a platform on top of that platform to make sure that the base would stand nicely <laughs> nice. and i have it like literally clamped down in like multiple locations and like bungeed down to make sure nothing can ever happen to it <laughs> um but uh yeah i had been watching stuff on it everything looked great like i said it didn't look 100 percent as great as the samsung television but it's still really good mm-hmm. um and then i watched so I just have, you know, all the typical whatever, because there's a couple of services that for some reason just not offered on the LG, which I didn't understand. I only got the ability to put HBO on that like six months ago, hmm. or maybe a little less, four months ago. But, you know, Netflix, Amazon, Disney, all those fun things. But I don't have cable box there. I don't have anything with like live television on there or whatever. But with Amazon, you can watch... Well, they're actually going to go full-blown and assume all the rights to Thursday Night Football going forward. But they had a co-streaming 
agreement alongside Fox and the NFL Network for the last couple of years on Thursday Night Football. So there was a night on a Thursday night where I came home and it was like a really good, like tight game at the end of the game. And I was going to bed and I was like, ah, I'll throw it on for a little bit. Cause I'm not really ready to go to bed, honestly, but I don't feel like sitting down, like watching on the couch and falling asleep. So mm-hmm. I put it on. I was like, this looks fucking weird. Mm-mm. Like it just, the colors just look wrong. Like, and obviously every, every TV does it a little differently, right? It's sure. just like, it just doesn't look right though. Mm-hmm. So I was like, started playing through like the settings, like wrong, wrong, really wrong. Oh wow, this actually looks even more like I'm on the field than even the other television. Yeah. Like, not to say like <laughs> yeah. better or worse, but just like super realistic. Yeah, yeah. that's like a, I was like, a wow. Weird thing. Like, you do have to you do have to play with your settings uh to get to figure out like the room lighting, the actual material it's being broadcast, like there's a whole bunch of factors, but like it, it makes a difference. It can make a wild difference. It's uh, it's baffling to me that that's I'm waiting for the next iteration of like smart television where it's like I click on a football game right? and the you television says you you're watching things. a football game and <laughs> yeah. it like adjusts itself yeah. to optimize it'll, how a football game should look. It'll do that for your video game system. When you Which that on. makes sense. But like, you know, like, yeah. it, you know, hey, you're watching like a sci-fi movie made in from 2020 on. This will yeah. be the best picture quality for your Sci-fi movie. Oh, you're watching a comedy. You don't really need that. This is just what it would look like to just be in a room with people who are like doing a workplace comedy. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm waiting for that iteration of the smart television. It's coming. That's when you're really. Imp- I'm sure it will be. I'm, yeah. I'm. 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 I'm not even saying that as a joke. I'm sure that will be a thing eventually. Absolutely. It's just a question of when. And that'll be great, right? Take the question out of it. Give me the. Or- yeah. Why am or- I doing or- this work? Mode that just does it. You're the smart TV. Do smart things, please. Right. Right. Having <laughs> half the streaming services is not intelligent. Well, there's that too. Uh, the The big one is for whatever reason, um, yeah, HBO Max wasn't uh, like offered for like a while, <laughs> and like ESPN Plus is still not on there, which doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, I forget. There's one. Uh, there was one service that I wanted to put on the TV upstairs that it that it. I, that's why I use a box. Like I have a Roku for upstairs, and I have an Apple TV down here. Yeah, but it's obnoxious to me. Like. If I have a smart TV, I shouldn't need a smart box on top of that. Well, especially like considering that realistically, <coughs> like, I don't want, I actually don't want a smart TV. I prefer the interfaces that some of these boxes offer. So like, I actually want a dumber one that has the good, just has the good picture quality. Yeah, that's all. We've talked about that in the past before. And yeah, like I, I would sign up for it if that, if that's the thing that makes the most sense. Like just give me like what's essentially a souped up computer monitor. That's right. But I also hook up. I, I might as well use a monitor because I hook up my own speakers anyway. But um, you're not going to get some of the other features, at least not yet, uh, that I want. That'll be the thing for me to 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 see is whether I should bother investing in a soundbar or not for my television. Mm. Um, I hooked up Dominic's soundbar, and when I play here, it does sound pretty great with it. Yeah. Um, that's probably soundbars are hit or miss. Like there are like there's a whole group of people that'll be like they're horrible. Don't use them. Um, but I've got one in the living room upstairs and it's, I mean, it's wildly better than the TV speakers. Like, yeah, but like the alternative would be like, um, if you can get like a, uh, a boxed like surround system, like you can get like the, the receiver and small speakers all in one box, you're probably going to get a better result out of it. I also think the room matters too. like the the setup here for like, Dominic's has is, is been pretty perfect, especially for video games, I've, I've noticed. Yeah. The one that we have in, in my parents' house in the family room, that room would, would play better with surround sound. Yeah, yeah. Like your bedroom, a, 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 a soundbar sound would, would be, be perfect fine. for that, I yeah. think. 
Yeah, but uh, with that being said, though, like you also, if you got a like the soundbar will work good in the small room or like the appropriately set up space. The surround sound system will work good anywhere, really, because you'll place the speakers accordingly. Like, of course, it's just at some points, at a certain point for a very small room, it's an extravagance. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, I think you'd probably be better off with a nice headset in your room. That's possible. I too. enjoy, actually, I when I play video games, even down here, actually, but you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> whenever I'm playing video games, I use a, I use a headset. But you also have a wife and a child to worry about this. I, I used it before before mm. we had the baby. Like I just I found it easier to specifically because I have an issue with dialogue in video games and I like to crank the dialogue up and other things down and having the direct input to my skull helps. See typically I don't have an issue. Video games have most have by and large figured out how to sound mix dialogue <laughs> in a way that movies and television seem or to they have at least lost give you the technology the for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's really that whole thing Really drives me up a goddamn wall. I know we talked about that like a month ago, yeah. but it's still it's irritating. Frustrates me. Fix it. Yeah. Fix it. Anyway, that's all, that's all I've got for consumption. I'm gonna consume some more of this whiskey. Oh, me too. I'm uh, I'm I have another drop or two, and then I'm gonna top off here. So, oh, straight from no. <laughs> this is flicks in a whisk. We don't drink straight from the bottle. Oh yeah, that's it. See you later, red breast. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get into some Oscars stuff? I do. I'm really excited for the Oscars um just because I like watching them. I don't I don't really care so much about who wins any of this this year. I just I enjoy watching the show. I yeah, enjoy I, having some chips and dip. I enjoy having some pizza, which is probably what we're going to do. Nice. You know? got to let me know if you want me to bring anything if I can pre-make it, post-make it. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure I'll, it out. I'll make you some bread in the oven. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I want that Monday morning before work. Oh, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> um, no, I mean, even if it's something This small. bread, it's in the oven. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, now I remember. <laughs> You see, when you were just talking I'm about it, even sending me pictures of it, I didn't really see. But seeing it in the oven, I'm standing now, firm on I've never had bread in the oven, <laughs> aside from when I've actually had bread in the oven <laughs> that I've been well, making. No, Anthony, you don't have the bread in the oven. You cook in the oven. You take it out, then you eat it at the kitchen. Oh, I don't sit in the oven. <laughs> I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> no, you're not going to sell me a plath this shit, okay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I. Uh... I'm just gonna let the silence sit there for. Oh, you have the clipping thing. Yeah, Damn it! it, it no, it's just a whole. It's just really funny because it's like one. It's like how many people are getting suicide. That that's funny. Two. No, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, one, like how many people like just off the bat get that reference, right? And then two, yeah. there's just like the weird uh, tangential relationship that I have with the material, where like I went, I had like a Sylvia Plath phase in high school where I was reading a bunch. <laughs> Something I did not expect. A revelation I truly did not expect in today's episode. Well, it, it was like, not judging. You just, I'm just shocked. I don't know what happened. Like, I think I got a sign. You got like an assignment. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you, got, you had an assignment. Like, it was like a poetry assignment. And I got really into her and Whitman. And I was just, I, I had never gone into the school library before in my life. Yet for like some reason, choice. I found myself <laughs> going in there, and I I was grabbing the, like the Sylvia Plath books, 
and taking them out and reading them and really enjoying it. Like I was like, I was just fascinated by it. And then uh, and that's a, a random, a, a, that's a random fact about my Sylvia Plath face. <laughs> Poetry is a weird one where like every once in a while when I was in school, like they'd give you a poem. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. And then I would give, be given, I was like, Oh, that was cool. I would read more from that person. Like, yeah. Yeah. But like never made the effort to do so. But it's was like, I wouldn't hate it. Whitman was one of them. Whitman like actually got my interest where I was kind of looked into maybe like trying to find some more of his poetry and I got, I just got lazy and didn't do it. So, yeah. but I, the thought was kind of sort of there. Just a weird, just a weird anecdote about my life. <laughs> Susan, I'm sorry. High I, school. I didn't mean to trigger no, a, fine. a Sylvia Plath, like Kruger revelation. <laughs> It's not something I had on my bingo card. Yeah, yeah. Can we do Oscar's bingo? You can print that stuff out, right? Probably. Let's make that happen. We could probably make one too if we had to. Yeah. Oscar's drinking game. Ooh, that could be fun. Except I'm never gonna get drunk again. <laughs> Sounds like there's a story there. I just, I never really liked it to begin with. And I'm never gonna drink again. <laughs> And uh, I don't know. Now I just I just don't see the appeal. I value comfort and sleep above many things. And well, you you've definitely for a while had a worse experience with the post drunkenness slash hangover experience than I have. No, I don't have. So my thing is, I don't really have like a. a it's really not the next day type. Of, I just don't like the experience of like the immediate aftermath mm-hmm. of being drunk. Uh, I don't usually have a hangover situation, um, unless unless I eat bread. What? <laughs> I feel like when I have bread the next day, I just feel terrible. What but if it's in the oven? If it's in the oven, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I I really have been getting to the point now where I don't want to get drunk anymore either, but only because. I'm playing Russian roulette with hangovers because there's some days I wake up the next morning and it, I feel totally fine. It's the same as how I felt when I was 19 and getting wasted. Yeah. And there's other days where I want to kill myself yeah. after I've woken up from a hangover. So like, I just want to walk up to that line of, I got a good buzz. That's all I need. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mind- don't want to get past that line anymore because I just truly don't know how I'm going to wake up. I'm, I'm with you on that, but I'm also at the point where like one and a half drinks and I'm there. Uh, oh yeah, I, so I, I can often, drink. So. I can drink a lot more than that. So. Yeah. Um, for instance, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, let's get into some Oscar Whisk, stuff. Whisk <laughs> <laughs> So we're just going to kind of go off the cuff with some thoughts on the major Oscars categories. We're going to start with actor in a leading role. Me and Anthony have done zero of the research and in looking into who we think who who's expected to win this and that. We're not going to speculate on that sort of stuff. We're just going to talk through the nominees, which of these performances we've seen, and how each of us feel what what our choices would be. We're going to mark it down. Next week we'll do a brief recap and uh, talk about one like post. Um, Oscars ceremony and, and see how we did, which I'm sure will be terrible. So actor in a leading role, uh, in a leading role, we have Javier Bardem for be, in being the Ricardos. We have Benedict Cumberbatch in the power of the dog. We have Andrew Garfield and tick, tick, boom. We have Will Smith and King Richard, and we have Denzel Washington in the tragedy of Macbeth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can speak to three of these. 
Okay. Uh, so you've seen you've seen Tick Tick Boom, you've seen The Power of the Dog, and you've seen Being the Ricardo. I've only seen part of it. I didn't get through the whole movie. Just oh, I thought you fans. saw the whole thing. No, but I will say I was impressed with the performance and that okay. in uh, Being the Ricardo. I actually I have Javier Bardem tremendous job. Um, this such this a, seems such like a charisma on the screen. I don't know. It was it was awesome. From from what I've seen personally and what I've read about this stuff, listened to about this stuff. This is actually seems like a pretty strong category. I know mm-hmm. we talked about like in general the Oscars feels pretty li- light this year. Yeah, this seems like a pretty strong category because I've heard great things about Will Smith in King Richard. I, I, that's actually the one thing I've kind of heard. I it seems like he's more than likely to run away with that one. Yeah, that that'll be. I'm I'm interested to watch that one. I really am trying to get through. I it's still that one's on HBO. Realm, it's on HBO tomorrow. Oh, it's coming back tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So I know it was on, and I forgot that. Yeah, actually, it yeah. did leave. So, so it's coming back tomorrow. Yeah. So Perfect timing. I, I guess. should be able to get that one, and I also and Licorice Pizza and Drive My Car. I think is the other one. Those are the three that I still haven't seen yet. That make I, sure you block out. You know how long Drive My Car is, right? How long is it? It's three hours. Okay, that's not so bad. I, I, I'm just letting you know. I it's thought. like it's a long movie. It's the Batman was three hours, but it was a good sure. Movie. I'm just saying, like Belfast was like ninety minutes. That's and fair. That's fair. Like drive my car is three hours, and I've heard it's a slog for the first two. That means that honestly, okay, then uh, maybe I, I might not bother then. I've heard the the last like forty five to an hour is really good, but I've heard the first two hours is a slog. All right, well we'll we'll see if I get to. I'll I'll put that one at the end of the list then. But that's that that's reason. based on one review. I've I it was on uh, Cinephile the. Yeah. One of the podcasts well, I listen to. Honestly, just for the sake of if the other movies that I have left are shorter, I will start with them because it's more likely that I'll get through them both um, in, yeah. the, it, in the run up to the show, which is only a few days away. Uh, I My pick for this, based on what I've seen, is Andrew Garfield. I I knew, I knew that's yeah, where you were going to go. I, I mean, I you raved about him when you first told it, me. I thought he absolutely crushed it. So much heart, so much emotion in that performance. Um, that being said, when Will Smith won the SAG Award? Just the, it seemed like there was a lot of power behind that. Yeah, that's well. that's one of the few I've heard that it sounds like it's that that one's more than likely to run away with it. I um, I've I've heard great things about Denzel too, which yeah. you expect because he's which great, is a natural thing. I actually kind of want to see that one only I because I that was not one of the Shakespeare that I had to read. Mm-hmm. I never read Macbeth, so I'm kind of curious because I've I've actually found better experience with watching some of those things. Uh, shocker. I've, I've seen parts of two watching different, a play. I've seen parts or all of two different versions of Hamlet, and I really mm. actually liked what yeah. I saw of it. The one with David Tennant, I actually really liked because it was kind of sort of modernized ish. Mm. Um, what about he, the Hamlet in the last action? I forgot about that. <laughs> I like the, the Tennant one. Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart plays King Hamlet slash King Claudius or whatever. It's Claudius, right? I think it is. Sure. Um, who you know? It's because you know, it's always a double role because they they play brothers. One of them's mm-hmm. Hamlet's father, one of them's his uncle. But it's it, it's almost always played by the same mm-hmm. actor. I think historically, um, that was pretty good. I liked that one. Um, I've seen the major monologue of Kenneth Branagh because he's done a ton of Shakespeare. Right. I've seen him doing the whole to be or not to be speech. That was obviously pretty riveting watching him do it because he's pretty great at all that. Um, I've seen Brana, Will Smith up for different things, but in the same year. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
look at look at them coming back from the depths of Wild Wild West. Loveless and Jim West at it again. <laughs> we just need to, we just need to get a couple of nominations for Kevin Klein and Salma Hayek. That's right. <laughs> uh, actually, pretty star studded, right? Has Kevin Klein been nominated? I want to say he's been nominated for something, right? Salma Hayek won so. for playing Frida Kahlo, mm-hmm. and even what's his name was nominated, wasn't he? If not one, Ted Levine. Wasn't he nominated and or won for Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, I think I want to say Anthony Hopkins definitely won for Silence of the Lambs. I didn't. I'm gonna see if I can pull this up. Ted Levine, Oscar. Ted Levine. What the fuck? Ted Levine, Oscar. Second result. What happened to Ted Levine? <laughs> Something happened to Ted Levine? <laughs> Not to the best of my knowledge. Uh, outstanding performance, cast in motion, picture nomination. I'm not seeing a win here. I think he was just nominated. Okay. But I, I could be wrong. Maybe he wasn't. I, I thought he was for that role. But regardless, um, weird that that terrible, terrible movie that I enjoy, despite it being god-awful, mm-hmm. um, had so many <laughs> incredible actors and actresses yeah. in it. <laughs> Um, but anyway, you your pick is Garfield. Mm-hmm. Um, since I only saw Benedict Cumberbatch, if he were to win it, which he's not going to, but if he were to win it, I'd be okay with it because I thought he was good in that movie, even though the movie wasn't particularly good. Yeah. Um, a- Andrew Andrew Garfield is who I want to win. Uh, Will Smith is who I expect. Yeah, which that's that seems to be the way um, that it looks like it's going. So whatever. Um, let's go to actress if i can uh remember which tab i'm going to here actress in a leading role we have jessica chastain for the eyes of tammy faye we have olivia coleman for the lost daughter i literally know nothing about that yeah same um penelope cruz for parallel mothers nicole kidman for being the ricardos and kristen stewart for spencer i don't i the only one i have even a little bit of context for for this one is nicole kidman and being the ricardo i haven't seen the other movies I've heard that Parallel Mothers is a really fucked up premise from what I understand. Oh. It's like something with like a switched at birth situation, but accidental. And I think one of the babies lives and one of the babies dies or something like Goodness that. Goodness gracious. Yeah. It sounds like it's a rough watch. I That's a, the like literally all I know about that movie. I'm pretty sure I got that right. Um, Eyes of Tammy Faye is obviously about Tammy Faye Baker and... I forget who the who her husband was. The televangelists that right. made way too much money started doing criminal shit or whatever. I don't know too much about that story. It's kind of sort of before my time. Just uh, um, to circle back to parallel mothers, two single women meet in a hospital room where they are both going to give birth. One is middle aged and doesn't regret it, while the other is adolescent and scared. The two women form a strong bond with one another as they both confront mother. So, spoiler alert! Then I'm sorry. Retroactively, yeah. <laughs> It's one of those ones where it doesn't really tell you the more intriguing parts of this. Yeah, as I heard what the official synopsis is, I realized I may have tipped off a little bit too much about it. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, um, Olivia Coleman's great. Okay. I mean, all these actors always right. I feel like there's every year it's the there's an Olivia Coleman movie that like yeah that she or show she is going to be up for probably win and be shocked beyond belief that she won like every time she gets how many times how many times can you be shocked (laughs) and maybe that in it in and of itself she'll win an oscar for eventually yeah (laughs) (laughs) all these actresses just generally speaking are pretty uh 
worthy of this nomination, I would say. Yeah. I, despite me not knowing much about the roles, I've heard pretty good stuff about Kristen Stewart and Spencer as well. Um, I haven't heard... I've heard that Jessica Chastain was good in that role. I've heard that movie wasn't necessarily that great. I don't, mm. I don't know. Um, it wasn't one that really grabbed my attention, other than a vague curiosity, because I don't know much about that story in the specifics. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I've got no pick here just because I like I said, I didn't see them. I if I was going to guess from other award season stuff that I've seen, I would go with Penelope Cruz. Okay. I'm gonna put NA just because we don't really have thoughts on the movie That's fair. here. So um let's go to actor in a supporting role. Okay. We have Kieran Hines in Belfast, Troy Kotzer in Coda, Jesse Plemons in the Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee in The Power of the Dog. Yeah. Um, so you've seen all of these. I have. Kieran Hines, that is... Okay, yeah, the grandfather. Okay, cool. Mance Raider. Um, yes. That is a good role. Uh, let's see here. Jesse Plemons in The Power... I, I can't... I, I refuse to give anything, any nods towards Power of the Dog. It's just not happening for me. <laughs> Um, fuck that movie. Uh, but if I were to, if I were to think, I don't know. At the end of the day, Cody Smith McPhee pulled off whatever crazy, weird, like, like vibes and tendencies that were trying to be pulled off there. Like he, he did a good job. Like, is he a murderer? Yeah, he was, is he not a murderer? He nailed it. Uh, he was given a lot more to do, and he did well with it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe him. Uh, J.K. Simmons was crushing it as per usual in the scenes that I had in the opening parts of being the Ricardo that I did see. Uh, Troy Kotzer, Kotzer, Kotzer in Coda. No idea. Uh, very good. Also, nothing. I didn't think there was anything super stand out about the performance um, other than just there was a lot of heart behind it. Uh, I'm going to go with, is it Kieran? Kieran? I honestly Kier- don't know. Kieran Hines? I- I, I usually call him Kieran, but I have no idea. I'm going to go with Kieran Hines in Belfast specifically because uh, there is, uh, and I and I already know the scene that they're going to use for the reel, and that's why I'm going with it. It's like I could, I could see it. There's a moment in the movie where a story beat is delivered to the young lead of the movie, and it's just, it's like kind of devastating but beautiful, and uh, it 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 pushes him into be like, don't be afraid. Like, it basically gives the kid the the courage that he needs in the moment when, in delivering the lines as the viewer, you know how bad things are, mm-hmm. and you know that the character delivering the lines knows how bad things are. Yet, is able to live freely through his grandson, and it's just so beautiful. And I think that I would, I would, I think it is an Oscar worthy scene let alone the whole performance. So that's cool. I still really would like to see that movie. I wonder how the French actor who dubbed those lines would have done <laughs> the version that I almost watched. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go with actress, actress in a supporting role. <laughs> uh, we have Jesse Wait, sorry, Buckley. Who did, you, did you pick somebody for that? Uh, I, I'm going to go with Cody Smith. Oh, okay. Sorry. Cody gotcha. Smith McPhee, just mm-hmm. because circumstances. Um, Actress in a supporting role, Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, 
Anjanae Ellis for King Richard? Uh, I have at least three of these under my belt for now. Um, based on what I've seen, I'm going to... Well, first off, quick side note on Judy Dench in Belfast. We're about 90% of the way through the movie. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, she looks very different. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, and so that, that took me by surprise. I will say, as much as I was harping on uh, despising watching West Side Story, um, I think Ariana could probably take this one. That was a, that was a strong performance. Uh, Interesting. Honestly, like it, it is, it it was stand out for the rest of the performances in the movie, and the character's got like a confidence, and then has to go, but goes through this arc of like live, like living in and being excited about the prospect of the American dream, and then just some terrible things happening, and like all of it being taken away. But like, there's still this slight glint of hope. And I feel like even that is getting snuffed out by the end, but just by the nature of what's going on. And it's just the character gets like, tries to hold herself up so much like, Mm -hmm. and like everything like, yeah, it's a struggle, but it's worth it. And then like, but how off, but how much can you take? And seeing that transition over the course of the movie was actually pretty impressive. Um, So I'm going to go with her on that one. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Kirsten Dunst was fine in this. She really just had one standout scene that I thought of um, in Power just of the Just a person in a role, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> in that movie. That movie, I hate it. Oh, hate but like, she, she did a good job. It's just not necessarily like Oscar work. Um, Jesse Buckley it, was really good in Fargo. Uh, I would be curious to see her in that role, um, just because... Yeah, you know, is she a one-trick pony, or can she do? Does she have some range? Can she do some different stuff? Because I imagine it wouldn't be exactly the same type of role. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is another one where actually I think there might be a chance that we get a couple of acting credits from uh, King Richard because I've heard really great stuff from from her as well. So I'm looking um, forward to watching that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with her, even though I didn't see the role, just because I, I heard that she did a really great job. Um, sorry, you you said you picked uh, Ariana Debose. That's right. All right, I'm gonna just. Jot that down. All right, and then uh, let's go to let's go with original screenplay. Okay. So we have Belfast, written by Kenneth Branagh. Don't look up, written by Adam McKay. Sorry, screenplay by Adam McKay, story by Adam McKay and David Sirota. King Richard, written by Zach Balin. Licorice Pizza, written by Paul Thomas Anderson. The worst person in the world written by Eskelvoet and Joachim Trier. What is that? I have heard of the movie. I don't know what it's about. Uh, this one's easy for me. I'm going to go with Belfast. There's, I had a feeling. There's too much real life like feeling in it. Um, granted, I haven't seen uh, some of the other ones yet, but hopefully I will get to see a couple more. I, so I, you didn't actually watch Licorice Pizza yet? Not yet, no. Okay. Well, I saw you had it on Plex, yeah, but I didn't know if you'd watch it yet. I intend to, but yeah, from from what I've seen, and I can't imagine it would be it would be uh it would be difficult to dethrone at this point. So Belfast is my original screenplay. Spoiler I, alert for future predictions. I had a I had a feeling that that was the way you're going to go. I 
wouldn't be surprised if that one wins it as well. I think that would probably be the way I would think that would go. Um, it depends on how much everyone in the Academy goes nuts for Paul Thomas Anderson because yeah. they tend to do so. But from what I've heard, not necessarily from people like in the Academy, but just people, even like, Someone I was listening to was like a big fan of his was like, ah, like it was fine, but kind of compared it to um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's like, this is clearly a passion project that needed to maybe possibly be reined in a little bit by an outside party mm. who was going to be able to, to, to delete some of the worst excesses, you know? Sure. Um, but uh, not to say it's not a good movie, it's just like, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Paul Thomas Anderson isn't necessarily my cup of tea. I know I was really let down by Inherent Vice, um, but I like Boogie Nights a good amount when we did that mm-hmm. one. Um, the one of his I've always really wanted to see. Well, sorry, this too. I never actually got to see There Will Be Blood. I I own it and I haven't seen it yet. Interesting. Um, it's a five dollar bin movie. <laughs> the other one I've always really wanted to see is The Master, and I just haven't got around mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll do adapted screenplay now. Cool. So we have Coda screenplay by I'm gonna guess that's Sean H- Hedder Hater. Drive My Car by Rusuki Hamaguchi and Takamasa Oe. Oe? I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that. That's not a Japanese name I've ever encountered in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Anything like it. Dune screenplay by John Spates and Denis Villeneuve and Eric Roth. I don't know know why we need all the ands there. Um, that is lost- a actually. Uh, pause on that for a second. There is an entire like thing that you can look up to. The ends and the commas and the widths they all mean something different. I know. Well, in acting, I kind of sort of have the a grasp on the when it's with or and or whatever. But as far as screenplay credits, why some people are commas and some people are ands that doesn't make sense to me but i'm sure there's something to that Hmm. the lost daughter written by maggie gyllenhaal which i have probably three times now separately discovered that i've thrice discovered maggie and then and then forgotten it like i don't know why that phenomenon keeps happening i'm sure it'll happen to me again you will deny maggie gyllenhaal thrice before the cock grows (laughs) we're in lent right now so i guess that's appropriate enough um (laughs) And then finally, The Power of the Dog, written by Jane Campion. Yeah. I mean, as far as we're going to go adapted screenplay, I'm going to go Dune. I want Dune to win. I think that Power of the Dog will probably win, but I refuse to accept that as a movie. (laughs) Um, It's funny because as far as adapting a screenplay, I don't know that that's the strongest suit of Dune. Hmm. Not to say it was, it was a terrible job. It was a, certainly a much better job than the original movie. It's kind of uh, that's kind of my point. Like just to see like what what could be <laughs> and what yeah. they got to. I'm. It's a deeply imperfect adaptation. There's some things it does really well, and there's some things I felt that left a lot to be desired on. Hmm. Um, obviously, when we did that episode, you know, I liked the movie. I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, but um, I don't know that I would necessarily go for it on this one although i certainly would be rooting for it um over something like the power of the dog but if you want to win an oscar for adapting the screenplay for the power of the dog the oscar would go to you if you chose not to do it (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) sorry i I was just trying to be very careful there because spraying whiskey (laughs) 
would have been disastrous on multiple levels, mostly to my and the, and the ENT like, situation, but goes, also to my computer. Whoever like the, like the studio is like absolutely not. And the Oscar goes to so and so for showing tremendous restraint, tremendous <laughs> restraint. <laughs> for passing on the power. Of um. Certainly, yeah, I will be rooting for Dune. Uh, I don't have a strong feel for this. That, so is that your choice? Your choice is Dune? Yeah, my choice is Dune. Well, like, again, choice, Dune, expectation, Power of the Dog. Yeah, the Power of the Dog is going to end up winning a bunch of awards, which is frustrating. And once again, we've denied Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go to Best Director. Okay. I think that's what I had next on my list, yes. Okay, directing. Belfast, Kenneth Branagh. Drive My Car, Yasuki Hamaguchi, Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson, Power of the Dog, Gene Campion, and West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. Hmm. I feel like Gene Campion's going to win this. I guess by better nature, I'm going to root for Paul Thomas Anderson, because I feel like he's the only one who's got a choice, but who I'd like to win would be Kenneth Branagh, just generally yeah, speaking. Yeah, so my pick is Kevin, Kenneth Branagh. I would, but my close second pick, even though I didn't care for the movie, is Steven Spielberg. I, I, I Again, like I said, the, the, the technically made amazing just i don't like the story i don't like the, i don't i just don't like it there's nothing you can do yeah. about that right um but yeah it's a, it's a an interesting one I, i'm curious about like i don't know not having seen driving my car I'm, I'm curious what goes into a directing nomination for that mm-hmm. it sounds like the type of movie that i understand why it's a screenplay and a and a um picture nominee mm. i'm curious knowing a bit about the movie but not having seen it, I'm I'm curious what goes is into direction. Is it mostly like conversational, like throughout the? Isn't that what? I don't know. Oh. I know the. I think the gist of it is here in my car. A man's wife dies, and I think he goes through like a dark depression, and then something dramatic happens with him driving his car, and it leads to a kind of a thrilling ending to the movie a renowned stage actor and director learns to cope with his wife's unexpected passing when he receives an offer to direct a production of uncle vanya in hiroshima okay so we're pretty much where we started yeah so i kind of sort of had some of that information there yeah um yeah i mean i mean honestly i don't really know what even if you if you want to nominate power of the dog as picture i'm not entirely sure what she did directing wise that Really feels like she did. She did a lot. If you watch that, I watched documentary, it a tremendous waste of my time. Looks very proud of herself, which is you know she is whatever, which is fine. You do um, you. I hate it. Honestly, this is the type of thing where I would actually get behind a campaign to support Denis Villeneuve for directing Dune because that's got to be a tremendous undertaking, and to get something functional onto the screen. Yeah, I that looks pretty fantastic. Uh, that's like one of the things that I don't fully grasp is like. Every year I hear a debate over this. Like, why is this nominated for director and not picture, picture, not director? Yeah. Specifically picture, not director. Like, yeah, like, I know, like, the, I understand, like, directing the actors on the screen, right, in the frame and how it's going and, like, all that stuff. But, like, something like Dune being up, like, up for cinematography makes sense to me. And I feel like a lot of it is that. And then I'm, yeah, so I'm kind of curious, like, when you are in such a CG space... It does. I feel like it could. It could take away from what what I am imagining in my head as the actual contributions of the director, like on those moments, and like I feel like they almost get lost. But they like the fact that you are 
able to be engaged throughout the movie and how it's going like short like that was them right but it's like i don't feel like some of the nuance is lost because of all the other stuff going on that is like handled in editing and cinematography and such well i think just wrangling that whole (laughs) (laughs) i think just wrangling all of the disparate parts of this is cgi this is practical these are the Mm. actors this is the script this is a big set piece this is entirely in front of a cgi this is a quiet conversation in a room with someone wearing a cock sock, like all of those things, just wrangling all of those things into a cohesive movie feels like a massive undertaking. And then take, you know, the 50,000 foot view above all of that, having the vision to put all those things into place in order to be doing the wrangling, like that screams directing to me, you know? Sure. And yeah, that, yeah. Then I get, I'm it. That makes, that's actually a really good point. That's a, a way to bring it back together, right? Like bringing all of these pieces together, that are so disparate, especially in in a movie like this. Like, it's almost like how how are you not then? In a, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you now. I'm with you. I I I'm not saying this is the greatest did, movie did, in the did, world, did, but did just such a massive yeah, just such pick. a massive undertaking to get it. And it, he's not even nominated. That doesn't mark, make a lot of sense down. to me. Mark him down for me. <laughs> Put it in, even though he's not nominated. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, you never know. Like it could be the year that they not they don't they give the wrong envelope for the category. For the <laughs> is this like is this like one of those things where like when like you have to elect a pope? They have like the very specific process by which a pope is supposed to be elected. They go through those iterations of ballot casting in like seclusion, but also you can elect a pope through. I forget what the. Adoration, I think adoration is what it's called. Mm-hmm. They, they they did that in one of the Dan Browns, the Angels and Demons, where if there is quote unquote divine inspiration and all of the cardinals at the conclave in like one voice cry out one person, that's the person who gets elected mm. because of like divine inspiration. And you don't have to have the ballot process. Mm. Is that what we're doing here? Like yeah. the entire academy, despite having been a part of the nomination process, just decides all at once that Denis Villeneuve is the guy and they all just cry out Denis Villeneuve because yeah. the guy walked up with a blank envelope and that's I like who, got, who won it like on I the like night it. of the Oscars. I think that, uh, <laughs> that'll make this year's Oscars the best yet. That would top the Moonlight um, fiasco. The, yeah, the Moonlight uh, the, I will, I will never forget that, that one guy running on stage and like aggressively trying to take the Oscar out of somebody's hand. <laughs> I'll never forget um, was it was it the director or the producer for what the hell is I think that name of that movie? Producer takes that it's, one, don't they? Pro- yeah. Um, what the hell is the name of that movie with Ryan Gosling and, and Emma Stone? La La Land. La La Land. The, yeah, the Moonlight La La Land fiasco. I think it was the producer, right? Like, no, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. Moonlight one, like that, that, that's such a, that's got to be such a tough situation for that guy to be in where it's like man i want to win this so desperately but it's clearly not our name look, of this yeah, yeah, look it says it <laughs> <laughs> um regardless that would be uh and event. then they burned warren Beatty at the stake <laughs> it wasn't even his fault uh okay so i'm gonna put kenneth Branagh, and underneath that i'm gonna put a subheading asterisk didn't evil <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean I, I'm definitely rooting for for Brana. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've I've heard I've I haven't heard a single negative thing about that movie. I've heard like unanimous praise. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's like the greatest movie in the world, I've just heard 
pretty much everyone who's seen it it's has so good it's so good I, I i would really like to watch it one of these years yeah um best picture belfast coda don't look up drive my car dune king richard licorice pizza nightmare alley power of the dog west side story all right i want to deconstruct a couple things here i figured this was going to be a, a longer conversation so um starting well Belfast, uh, let's get this out of the way. Belfast is my pick. Obviously, it makes sense if you've heard me talking about it throughout the rest of this episode. Um, overall, I I think that has everything that I want this year. So Belfast is my pick. Uh, I've got no qualms with Belfast being on the list. Coda. Coda is good. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think that it is best picture good. I think it's a good movie. Like, okay. I've like there's nothing there, there was nothing about it specifically that like stood out above and beyond like other films like Belfast has something special that I can't put my finger on like and it's just I I, I say like it's the heart and all that stuff but like I was gonna say it's heart it's heart it's the it was brewed with heart it's very yeah, with it's heart. brewed with heart uh it was it was also very the style that it was shot in it was just beautiful um coded. Like I say, it's a good movie. It's not bad by any means. It just didn't. It didn't have any of those things that's going to push it over the top for me. Like into, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have watched Coda on my own and thought this movie's going to get nominated later this year. Like, if Belfast, you had just on the other hand, watch it before seeing the nominations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's that. Then there's Don't Look Up, and again, good movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it has a lot to say, and I think that that is why it's being nominated, not necessarily the fact that I don't think it deserves the Best Picture nomination. I also wonder if this is one of those kind of sort of legacy nominations because of, like, McKay's work on Vice. I think he got nominated for that, right, for his work on... Um... I think so. Yeah, Vice, uh, like, Vice, on the other hand, I thought was, like, while also making a statement, I thought it was a better made movie. Okay. The Big Short, I think, is the, the best of those Troika movies, yeah. and I think that was nominated as well. So, what if this is one of those kind of just nods of, like, you're doing the thing again, and we respect it, and yeah. great. Nominated, Maybe. not going to win, whatever, you know. Maybe. We're filling out this roster of 10 movies just to get a, a sampling to get people interested and all that sort of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Drive My Car, I will reserve. I have no judgment to make. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Dune's another. I love Dune. I thought Dune was great. I don't... I, I also don't know why. Like, are we... Achievement in like tech in a movie, best picture, maybe. So it's funny. I my pick would be Nightmare Alley, just based on the movie mm-hmm. I saw. I saw Dune, liked Dune. Yeah, I've still really enjoyed that whole world. I'm still reading through God Emperor. It it I, I had heard that this one was the only one of the rest of the series that had a chance to rival oh. the original book, and I so far after having read about sixty percent of that book support that argument that it's it can be measured against that one it's mm-hmm. better than the two between them mm-hmm. um even though i liked both of those books this one is definitely deserves to be in the conversation with the original one so i love that that whole world i, th- I find it to be fascinating um as just a literary experience yeah i really enjoyed the movie i liked it as a, an adaptation didn't love it i do find it to be kind of a masterful i i, I made the pitch and you ate it up for Best director, I, yeah. I, I stand by that. I, I didn't do that as a bit like that. To me, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't seen all of those movies, so like I, I'm not 
doing it in lieu of that. I'm not trying to put those movies down. I'm just saying, like, to me, that seems like something that should be a nomination, even if it doesn't win. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily choose or support necessarily, like, just from my perspective, Dune as a best picture. I did read an interesting story on The Ringer, I think it was last week, supporting a campaign for Dune as best picture. It's like that seems kind of ridiculous, but whatever. I read the I read the, the story. They laid out a pretty compelling case, whether you agree or disagree. Just like the, and I'll send it to you if you want to read mm-hmm. it because I, I think you'd find it interesting. Because I just uh, just found it as an interesting thought experiment as like this kind of being the current successor to the conversation started by the Dark Knight not getting nominated and how the change of the Academy to make broad appeal. Like mm-hmm. this is clearly in that slot of movie where it's like yeah, the Hans Zimmer corollary. I mean, that's part of it, but like a very small part of it, but like just to the point I was making of the wrangling of that movie and a movie that has. I'm just pres- saying if a movie of that style is going to be worthy of best picture, Hans Zimmer probably did the music. <laughs> there is, there's definitely a correlation there, if not a causation. Um, but no, just like it being the, the obvious heir to that. It's a big mass appeal type of movie sure. that has obviously inspiration and something that's come before it mm-hmm. and it really was te- a vibe like when, yeah, yeah and yeah. It's, it's tech technically well made it's a breathtaking achievement in blockbuster cinema mm-hmm. and all that stuff uh, all the stuff from a technical perspective is executed in a high level performances were all really strong not to say any of the individual actors and actresses should be nominated but they're all strong performances right yeah. like you feel really good about what every one of them put on screen. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like they have to win an award for it. Sure. Um, it's a great cast of actors and actresses. It's a, it's a strong script, whether or not you love it for its adaptation, the script itself, like just standing alone as like a script is pretty damn strong. There's some standout sequences on screen from a action and the way you set piece, like way you shoot it perspective. There's small moments like, even something as small as like Paul and his father talking before they leave for Dune on like mm. the hills with the wind around them. Like all those things lend itself to it. You get the whole premise of if you want the Oscars to appeal to a wider audience, this would be your pick. You have so like I said, something like if if gravity can win, why couldn't something like Dune win? If if Dark Knight was an obvious miss, mm. why can't something like this win? Like it, I, I support that argument, even if I don't necessarily think it should be the winner myself, personally. Like, I mean, and, and there was much more to it than that. I'm giving the broadest I could, paraphrase. I could, I could get behind that for the for the for the nomination accolade, like being a thing, like to put on it. I, I, yeah. I guess I, I can I can get behind. That. And also, I think as far as your quote unquote prestige movies, your very artsy movies, this is a weak class. Like Belfast is really the only one that measures up to that sort of standard. Sure. So if you feel, uh, and uh, I mean, enough people seem to feel that way about the power of the dog. I don't, I'm, I know we're in the minority, but we're not the only voices saying that, even if they're not saying it in the exact same ways that we have. Yep. Um, even if the majority strongly backs that one, I don't think that one really measures up with a lot of those no, sorts of movies. Absolutely. So if you have a weak class, why not go with the big blockbuster that was executed pretty well? I, I, I can understand that argument. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, King Richard, again, I don't have it. I don't have anything to say because I haven't seen it. Licorice Pizza, same deal. Nightmare Alley, I enjoy. I do think I can, I can see 
I can see the nomination. There is something fantastical about the world that was created and like, mm-hmm. um, and it just feels so lived in, in that, I don't in a, in a weird way. It, it's a all around, like all of the pieces coming together. You want to go for best picture for that alone? Great. That makes sense. Totally get the nomination. It's not my pick, but I get the nomination. Yeah. Uh, the power of the dog is is a mistake. I don't think that's supposed to be on here. I don't know how it how that <laughs> happened. Uh, and then now we get into an interesting one, uh, where uh, I will now I can now make the argument that we were curious about before. West Side Story I could see being up for directing, but not best picture. Hmm. It's interesting because a lot of times it's the other way around, where it's like, oh, like why it's it, you know I could see it being up for for picture, but not director. But then you see the other people who say, oh. If it's up for picture, how can it not be up for director as well? Right. Some of that's math because there's 10 slots for picture, but only five slots for director. Mm-hmm. So inevitably, at least five of them are going to be left off. Sure. Yeah, it's it's when you have that weird, uh, the outliers that are not like the, the ones that are in the director's nomination, but not in the best picture. You start to question it. But this one, I would be like, oh, I, I get it here from having seen it. Mm-hmm. That's how I've put it. It's here. So it's not even the argument's not even there to be made. But that's how like <laughs> I would I would totally understand that it would make sense to me because I don't think I don't think that West Side Story is a strong movie. Yeah, I do think it is a directorial achievement. OK. Um, and well, that's that. That's all I have to say about that. Power <laughs> of the Dog. Still very curious how it ended up on this list. I don't really know what happened there. Yeah. Somebody made a mistake. So. uh that was a fun little exercise. We uh, we kept it brief. We kept it uh, light and fun for the yeah. most part, I think. feel good about this edition of Flicks and a Whisk. How do you feel about I it? I feel pretty good. I want to say one more note on Best Pictures. Okay. Because uh, I haven't touched on it yet. We've said the name a few times. Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. That name alone is revolting. Is it a reference to something? I don't know, but I'm thinking um, of the word licorice and pizza. I think One thing that I hate and one thing that I love. So it's neutral. You feel neutral about it. No. I hate it. They cancel, they cancel each other. No, out. it makes it. It's so much. I hate. I think I hate licorice you've, more than I love pizza. You've tainted. I think that's corrupted a, <laughs> a beautiful thing with a yeah. terrible thing. <laughs> yeah, like I like. I would never, never throw out pizza, except for that licorice. But if there was the licorice on it, <laughs> I'm trying to remember because it's been a while now since I heard it talked about. Wasn't licorice pizza a reference to Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I have no idea. Maybe. I think that's I what it is. That movie once. I've seen it all the way through once. I've seen bits of it a couple of times. Uh, Named after a famous SoCal record store that existed in the late 70s and 80s. So I have a, a blurb here at the top. It says, Licorice Pizza chain of record stores in Glendale, California, opened in the 70s. The popular stores appeared in the film Fast Times at Ridgemont High, too. Hmm. That movie, along with American Graffiti, inspired Anderson as he crafted this film. Both of those were also set in the San Fernando Valley. Got it. Cool. What an awful name for anything, though. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Licorice. Ugh. I Get don't out of mind here. licorice. I don't mind licorice. Really? Yeah, it's not something I'm like, it's not, I might go to. If you're going to make me rank all of the candies and chocolates, etc., it's going to be way down the list. But every... Once in a while, when I have it, like once a year or something like that, it's one of those things where, like, at like Easter, my mom will get like the licorice jelly beans, and I'll pop one in my mouth occasionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, just it's no for me. That's like a uh, licorice jelly bean is like it might as well be like the puke birdie bots. Like I 
Just <laughs> get it out of here. Also, but how do you feel about like Anise and all that? I'm stuff? not a. It depends. Like I like fennel, or I was gonna say or fennel, but it's it's such a it's such a hint of it as opposed yeah. to such a powerful flavor. And I'm okay with a little zambuca here and there. See, I've never actually had zambuca on its own. I always have it in the espresso, and I like it like that. Yeah, it's okay in there. Uh, but like, I think about licorice, and I think about like the dark like Twizzler and mm. I think about a, it's been a long time since I've had one of those. Yeah. It, it's like, and, I, and uh, I think about like a good and plenty and I'm like, it's like, yo, like be yes. a Mike and Ike. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like to get out of here with that good garbage. And <laughs> be, uh, be Mike and Ike's or be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that, a, that's to a Swanson, par- isn't it? I say like, to paraphrase Ron oh my Swanson. Goodness. Yeah, he, dear frozen he's yogurt. Right. He's got a dear, dear frozen yogurt. Be ice cream or be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. Ugh, couldn't plenty. Gross pizza though. My mom used to have licorice in the refrigerator. Weird. A bag of it, like at the bottom, and it's just like it's like supposed to be like this treat that's in there and it just wasn't because it's licorice it's horrible uh let's talk about something better pizza pizza i had a delightful pizza pizza. a few weeks ago i don't remember if i told you about this pizza but it was like a hot sausage pizza with like fresh mozzarella like kind of plopped on like it was a regular like pizza with like little bits of fresh mozzarella thrown on top alongside with like the hot Mm -hmm. sausage and hot honey drizzled on oh yeah i'm a I'm a big proponent of the hot honey pizza. Hot honey is having a moment right now. It's in everything. There's yeah. a Wendy sandwich with hot honey on it. There's yeah. pizza. I've had it somewhere else, too, with something. I don't remember what it was. I've, I've, I've definitely been doing the hot honey on the pizza for a while now. And it's like, you do you mix that with the pepperoni. And it's mm-hmm. just, oh, when you get that it's the sweet spicy with the savory and the, and sweet, the spicy, too. Oh, my oh, yeah. goodness. Oh, what? Is, it's not even fair. Get your I licorice wanna, I, shit out of here. <laughs> I want to incorporate the hot honey with. So you said we're gonna have pizza. Mm. This is what we need to do. I'll, I'll help. You know, we'll make it a whole affair, right? Because we made a pizza over the summer with the the little pizza oven that we mm-hmm. got this past year, and it was hot sausage and cherry, to, uh, not cherry tomatoes, cherry peppers. Mm-hmm. On now, it wasn't the vinegar cherry peppers. It was like fresh cherry peppers oh, sliced. Ones. Sliced I actually prefer the vinegar ones. Oh, I love them too, but on a pizza, it might be a bit odd. The fresh ones were good for that. Because okay. my dad had grown a bunch of different types of hot peppers this year, nice. and one of the plants was a, was a cherry pepper. I'd probably do a quick pickle before I threw them on the pizza. A quick so, pickle? <laughs> I do, I don't, I'm like, not even kidding. Like, I'll do that with, like, I'll do a quick, like, red onion pickle before I'll throw it on a burger. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Little treat. But uh, that pizza, and I think there might have been. Was there spinach on there too? I think it was spinach, cherry pepper, hot sausage. Yeah. Drizzle hot honey on that? Yeah, man. I'm in. You want to do that Sunday? I'm in. I want to do that every day. Sure, but like starting sure. Sunday. Sure. <laughs> I have a, so um, Jamie Oliver, I love his stuff. And have you been making the hot honey or have you been buying No, it? I have. I just have a jar of it. Okay. Uh, of local hot it, honey. Oh, I saw that somewhere recently. I didn't. I should have bought it. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but he does. Uh, there's like this one. He did like a quick cupboard pizza, like stuff that you have around the house. And it's like a dough that you make moments before you're making the pizza. 
And okay. like, it was great. So I, I followed this idea and I made my own. And uh, basically I made the dough pretty quick, set it aside. I fried up some sausage. I fried up some poblano peppers, nice, uh, some red onion. Mm. And I took it all out of the pan. Did not clean the pan intentionally. And mashed the dough into a cast iron skillet. Ooh, mashed okay. the dough into it. Made that dough go up the sides. Mm. Like almost like a, like a so pie. Like a deep dish? Pie. Yeah. It's like a, a deep dish. Yeah. Throw all of those ingredients back on. Some pickled jalapenos. Ooh. Uh, pickled jalapenos and poblanos? Yeah. Yeah. So the poblanos, um, depending on, they could be hot or they could be not, depending on what you For get. the most part, they're not super hot. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally, though, they will knock your socks off and it doesn't make any sense. But It's weird because there's the poblano and there's the serrano, which is like the same pepper, pepper mm. but someone just shrunk it down. Yeah. It's also like <laughs> five to ten times hotter <laughs> than the poblano. It's very hot. Yeah. But uh, so do all that, then I a little red luster cheese. Grated. Red Lester? I'm not Yeah. Um, it's like a, it, it's, it's kind of like a cheddary. It's orange. It's got like a cheddary vibe to it. Maybe a little bit. There might okay. be some marbling in it uh, from like uh, almost like that blue cheesy marbling type. Oh, in it, interesting. Depending on what you, where you're getting it. Um, so I grate that finely on top, like thin, like really, like the really fine side of the grater. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the dots, but the long, thin, like really, really thin yeah. ones. And I'll do that over the, like dust it over the top, and then break a couple of chunks in it too throw that back in the oven you take that thing out it's easily 400 pounds and <laughs> you eat the whole thing no uh, <laughs> you, sh- you share one it bite. with your wife the two of you eat the whole thing <laughs> you, dislo- you dislocate your jaw like a shark eating yeah, one bite absolutely and it is holy shit oh i forgot to mention i then i also drizzle some of the vinegar from the pickled jalapeno Ooh. on top before putting it in the oven that's got to be careful though, because it could get soggy. You got to be no, no, no. Careful. It uh, if you if you saw the dough and the pen, there is this thing is not getting soggy by any means in any way. <laughs> form. It's not happening. Uh, it, it is going to maintain structural integrity through the cut, which is just impressive. <laughs> um, hot honey wouldn't be that hard to make, right? Like it wouldn't be like that labor intensive. I I don't I don't think so. You get some bees, you grow some peppers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It, you get some bees, you squirt some jalapeno you could probably juice on just, them. I don't know. You put something hot on your honey pizza, you're fine. You don't even need to really do anything special to it. But I'm just I'm wondering, like, do you do, like, the hot oil and then you mix it with the honey? I think you do that. You probably do a little bit of, just, a, like, a little bit of oil in a pan, and you put the dried, crushed red, red pepper, pepper in it. Yeah. And you just you just let that get warmed up for a bit until the oil's hot, not not hot like the spicy hot, and then yeah. you just mix the honey in. I think you're I think you're good to go at that point. That's probably how you do. It. I'll, I'll I'll take a look into it because yeah. I'd like to make it myself if it's if it's easy enough to do. I had hot honey tonight. Nice. I slathered a piece of salmon with mustard and hot honey. Oh, that sounds it good. It was delicious. The other thing is a pizza we've been making for a while. Actually, you you may have had it because we we've been doing it for several years now. Um. It's, um, I almost said soppressata, but that's not the right word. Um, what are those other Italian cured meats? Because I'm drawing a blank on uh... <laughs> salami. No, 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 <laughs> pepperoni. No, no, not not Mortadella. that. No, no. Uh, not the ones that come in a stick or like a, that you like the one that's oh, uh, that's, oh, oh, that's fatty. Oh my god, prosciutto. Yes, prosciutto. Totally, it was just totally drawing a blank on it. Uh-huh. Um, prosciutto, fresh mozzarella. Cook it. No sauce. Cook it. Take it out. Sprinkle fresh arugula on it, mm-hmm. and then drizzle it in balsamic glaze. reduction. The yeah. glaze, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So good. 
Yeah, so I'm a I'm a big fan of that stuff. That's I I it's funny. I like balsamic glaze. I like that middle ground between balsamic vinegar and balsamic glaze. Like if you cook it down, but not too much, so that it's like not super syrupy. So you get a little bit of that extra sweetness from it, but it's not. I mean, sometimes balsamic glaze it might as well be maple syrup. Like <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> well, you know, you got the right balsamic glaze if it tells you not to put it in the fridge. Right, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Because there's the ones that you put in the fridge that are too syrupy, yeah. but the ones that you don't, those are the best ones. I've normally just made it. Okay. By, that, by, I like, mean, that's by, good like, for, like, fine application, down, but, like, but, yeah. the, the ones that you, like, buy, most of them are pretty good, like, if you get it from, like, the like the good Italian brands. I do. Um, I, I are you? Do you have white balsamic in your house? Yes. We've used that in the same pizza in lieu nice. of the, the I, regular... I make this little quick arugula salad where, like, I will ch- I'll throw a bunch of arugula on a cutting board. I'll ch- I'll sprinkle it with salt, pepper, white balsamic, and olive oil. Not a lot of any of those things, just a little bit, like a kiss of each of them. And I'll chop it up really, really, really small, like real, like basically until it looks like herbs, like mm. flaked herbs. And I'll make a piece of toast, a soft scrambled egg, and put that on top of it. Ow! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> the only other thing I've ever really had the balsamic glaze on was that sandwich from was it Vito's? Oh my oh, god! I I would I would I would get down with a Vito sandwich right now. Did you ever have that specific sandwich mm-hmm. that I'm talking about? That I know we stopped down there. And I got it as I was walking to the train station, and I was eating it in the train station at like nine in the morning, yeah. waiting for the my train to come. The fucking the pork and the provolone yes. and the broccoli rob. Yep. Oh my god, it's so oh good. God, By the way, we've just the most ridiculous 20 minute sign off of food i don't care is that our no show? it's great this is this is a phenomenal not even post credits like finale to this show soup extrapolation <laughs> extrup extrapolation <laughs> that's all for this year's flicks and a whisk <laughs> i'm not doing the british accent that was terrible that's from fair. the beginning was it better than the last edition? i think so. i'll have to listen i think we like two stuck with it at least well i didn't break this time you did a good job of governing yourself Thanks. i could kind of see you chuckling but i also made sure i minimized you so i, tried I didn't not to see you i could hear one chuckle mm-hmm. but i was okay the the one you were like full-blown like guffawing and i just lost yeah. it <laughs> you were like crying <laughs> uh that's it for this year's flicks and a whisk um you know the drill i didn't write down the thing and i'm just doing this off the cuff because i don't have notes in front of me thanks for coming out <laughs>